What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro, dude, and it is uh, the last week before I head out on vacation, which will be uh, actually my first vacation, real vacation, not like one or two days away since before COVID. So this will be a nice getaway, and I predict that the James Harden trade will happen within the... I, I'm, I can guarantee it. I'm going on vacation from Thursday to the following Wednesday, James Harden will be traded, or at least there will be significant progress on either a Damian Lillard or a James Harden trade. I'm calling it right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is this is just like us going away for the weekend. And, you know, well, because I think what everyone wants to hear us talk about in addition to the Harden news is that one of um, the top young guards in the NBA had a huge exhibition game. Um, since we last recorded, um, I think yep. everyone expects this guy to be like um, an MVP, um, you know, some top 10 guy maybe for, sure. you know, his his team. You know, he's got, uh, you know, an all star teammate, um, a pretty divisive center um, also on his team. Um, gets injured and, a lot. Yeah, 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 he gets injured a lot. Isn't. Uh, yeah. So. You know, I, I just want to assure everyone that we will definitely be covering Peyton Pritchard um, later in the program. Absolutely. One-point explosion in his exhibition game. Was, that's obviously who you knew I was talking about, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah of course. Right. I, yeah. I knew exactly who you were referring to. I knew that oh. you were talking about Peyton Pritchard's game. I'll put it like this. One of those games that happened this weekend happened in front of Ball Don't Stop, and the other one didn't. So, yeah, okay, FIBA, World Cup, you know, exhibition game, Mm -hmm. you're playing against Franz Wagner and some NBA talent, and Steve Kerr's your coach, but Ball Don't Stop being present makes... Peyton Pritchard's game that much more special. Many people are comparing it to Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. Let, let, let me just ask, when you beat Germany in an exhibition game, do you get a, a, a rep, full replica WWE-style uh, wrestling belt? No, you don't. No, so, yeah. I'm just, you know. Yeah. Scoreboard. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Um, let's think about that. Uh, also, when... not even the most important uh, U.S. victory over Germany, if you think about history. <laughs> One of the the lowest stakes. Not even in the top two, I would say. Yeah, I would say, like, as far as, like, uh, German-American conflicts go, you know, yeah, I can't even crack the top two. Yeah. Um, Whereas that might have been one of the most important uh, basketball games played in Vancouver in the last 30 years. Yeah, I would say so. Certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. More important than any Vancouver Grizzlies game that ever ever happened. (laughs) Ever happened. Uh, oh anyway but folks what have you, what do you know about underdog fantasy have you heard about another that? another classic lead in to our daily fantasy sports sponsor mm-hmm. underdog fantasy uh with the yeah. promo code slop slop you can get a 100 dollars deposit match today on underdog you can go on there and you can place picks for your Favorite players in the NBA stats. They're also doing some FIBA stuff as well. But as we've been doing the last few episodes, mm-hmm. you know, there's higher, lower on your favorite players. They haven't added any players since last time we talked about this. But let's just riff on this one more time. We only have to make two picks anyway. Brandon Miller, 14.2 points per game, higher or lower? Um, 
so they just to be clear, they don't have the ball and stop pro am. In, uh, in they the don't have. I, I got to talk to them. If they have the big yeah. three, I think you should have the ball. Don't stop pro am. Yeah, I would agree. I would have taken. I would, I could have told you to hammer the uh, Peyton Pritchard forty five and a half uh, higher. Um, Brandon Miller. That's in. See, that's really interesting because how many points did Jabari Smith average this year? I think that's a that's a fine. Yeah, that's like a good point. parallel. He averaged twelve point eight. Brandon Miller is a little older and he does have a little bit more of a handle. Yeah. But the Hornets low key have a lot of like on ball guys. Especially like uh bad, Lamello, noted, bad guy. Bad guy, Miles Bridges, uh yeah. Hayward's back. Um you yeah. Terry Rozier. So mm-hmm. he's not actually gonna be much of a scorer his rookie year, but you can also kind of stumble into this. I would go lower personally. Let's go lower. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. even hate. It's just hard as a wing in your rookie year to average more than 14 yeah. a game. Like that's actually a decent amount for a rookie wing. Even if you are yeah. playing 28, 30 minutes what a did, game. What did Paulo average? Like 19.6 or something like that? Or yeah. Like, over 20. Like, and he had like one of the most outstanding rookie years in like a long time. He averaged 20. Exactly. Um, okay. and I mean, look, don't get me wrong, that's really good, but he also was on the ball a ton as opposed to, I mean, he was basically running their team along with Franz. So, you know, I I would say Miller's, I would say Miller being averaging, you know, 13 a game for his rookie year will be completely fine. Uh, As a role player type guy, I don't think he's going to be this like massive on-ball pick-and-roll creator, at least from the jump. To start his career, he'll probably be more in that Mikhail Bridges role with Phoenix, where he was more of a spot-up guy working off of the ball. Tacky closeouts, you know, all that stuff. And then uh, let's go down here further. Sabonis. How many rebounds did Sabonis average last year? Um, I want to say it was right around that number. I feel like it, it was exactly been. 12 point. 12 yeah. point. All right, so he averaged 12.3 this past year, 12.3 the the, the pr- previous stint with the Kings, 12.1 with the Pacers, 12 with the Pacers, 12.4. So this is averages. So the last five or f- four years, because he got traded halfway through the year, he's basically hit right around that number. So I think we go higher. Okay, we'll go higher. Yeah, well, so, it's a regular I- season Sabonis, a monster. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, playoffs a bonus. Um, Not so much. Yeah. Be, I'm being polite. I'm being polite. <laughs> <laughs> so you go on underdog today. You put 30 bucks on that. You can win $90. Sign up with the promo code slop SLOP to get a $100 deposit match. They're going to, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with them. We also have some football stuff related that I will uh, announce at a later date. And we'll, we'll be doing some basketball stuff as well. So go on underdog, sign up today. If you have not already, and uh, now we can get into the bane of my existence, the Philadelphia 76ers, who actually I do just want to say real quick before I'll save this. Actually, I'll save that for later. Let's talk about Harden. I don't know what to make of this anymore. I'm kind of exhausted on the whole topic in general. Last week, uh, we talked about it for like 40 minutes and then <laughs> we get some more information that the NBA is now investigating the Sixers. <laughs> as this is like a very, uh, a very Mar-a-Lago style uh, <laughs> operation they've got going on at the uh, Wells Fargo Center. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
As you said to me before the podcast, Daryl Morey now the most investigated man in the country outside of Donald Trump. <laughs> Trump. They're going to they're going to be launching a joint legal team to save on uh, save on bills. As <laughs> 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 both of them, uh, both of them together. I mean, like this is funny because, like, ostensibly, like the reason that Daryl Morey is in this situation is because he didn't talk to James Harden because he was worried he would get investigated again. <laughs> And then he ends up getting investigated in anyway. yeah. because because he told Harden to opt into his deal. Now that is what Harden's team is saying. I have a theory on this because okay. remember last episode about a week ago when we recorded and we talked about Harden could take down the Sixers if he really wanted to. He could take down Daryl Morey, he could take down the Sixers hmm. and as people were commenting on the Patreon comments, and I was informed later, Harden can do that. He could say, the Sixers told me I was going to get paid a year in advance. We had a handshake deal, blah, blah, blah. That's cap circumvention. As we explained last time, Joe Smith and the Timberwolves did this about 20 years ago, and it ruined the KG Timberwolves. They lost a bunch of first-round picks. It was really the last time we've had a punishment in the NBA where the, a team was docked a first-round pick. They're normally just fines and second-round picks. But as many people have pointed out to me, if they are to do that, James Harden, his contract gets voided, <laughs> and he becomes a free agent without bird rights. So the Sixers will not own his bird rights anymore. His contract has been voided. So the whole point of this let's opt in and get traded was that Harden was going to get that $35 million that he had already had the player option for. And he also was going to get the chance to op get a trade kicker in addition to that when he gets traded to the Clippers to get about $5 million more million. Now, if he rats on the Sixers and the Sixers are taken down, he's also taken down in the process because no teams have cap space anymore. So mm -hmm. it's not like he can go just test the market and get a bag. And also because he doesn't have those, those bird rights, it becomes tougher to even get your next contract. Mm -hmm. Because like for right now, if the Sixers were to trade him to the Clippers, let's say, a year from now, he could negotiate with the Clippers and get a lot more money because they would own his bird rights. Mm -hmm. So they could go well over whatever they needed to. A year from now, again, he would have to sign with a team that has cap space. And by the way, all the teams that have cap space next summer are either going to suck, not be interested in James Harden, or the, the Philadelphia 76ers. So that's where it gets really complicated for Harden in this situation where it's not as simple as he could take down the Sixers, it's more that he actually, I feel like this is kind of, I feel like Harden is the one who's lying a little bit now. Like, I, I don't think he lied originally when he said Daryl Morey's a liar. We've gone over that. I think he is on, on record, like documented a liar. Mm -hmm. But I think he probably, what he was talking about was that handshake deal until he was informed, hey, you're going to get fucked for that too. So... Mm -hmm. Now he has pivoted to, oh, actually, he lied to me because he said if he were, if I were to opt into my contract, I would get traded very quickly, which if Daryl Morey did talk to him before free agency, I guess that could be a problem for the Sixers. They might get some sort of fine. 
as you said, it is kind of ironic that they end up getting potentially fined for tampering, but it's not going to be some big takedown in the way that I think that people thought and I thought like a, a week ago could potentially happen. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how scorched earth James Harden wants to go, you know, like <clears throat> how badly do you like want this money? Um you know, I, I thought him floating the China stuff was pretty interesting. I mean, I'm pretty openly, like, um, not real. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But, like, you know, I, I think him him saying he would play in China. Yes, that yeah, he yeah. would like play in China. Like, yeah. I, I feel like that would be kind of wild for a guy who's like a still an all star talent. Like last year, um, to go to China would be pretty something after you know being league mvp and all, all all of this other stuff i don't think that's actually true but um you know we could see him kind of navigating you know against some of this stuff i just think it's like very i i wonder what this investigation is going to um you know bring up just because I, I do feel like Daryl Morey has kind of gone at this as, wow, well, they can't find a man for telling him to opt in while he's already under contract. Yes. And then it like, yeah. like George Michael voice, or yes. uh, I mean, uh, George voice. George and then, Bluth. Yeah. George Bluth voice. And then Michael goes, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I've got the oh, worst, fucking, the worst fucking attorneys. <laughs> yeah. That's just like, what's, uh, what's coming. I don't know. Like the other problem is the Sixers don't have any second round picks to dock. It's so, like I think we have two for the next decade. Yeah, maybe maybe three. They might have gotten an. I think they got a net positive one in the, the Thibel trade uh, that they made because they traded away. They got two seconds and they traded away one second for McDaniel's, who yeah. they then let walk a few months later. Great, uh, but I think that they are. I think they technically have three. But also, like, if this is a league investigation, I. I think that they could cut, like, if they were to come down on the Sixers, because this, once again, the Sixers don't even really have first round picks to give up. They have yeah. one first round pick in 2029. Yeah. It's the only thing the league could really duck. If they wanted, to, if, if this was a true takedown of the Sixers, which yeah. I don't believe it will be because Harden's already said he didn't mean about last summer, mm -hmm. that could be a situation where they're like, we're the league. Fuck the Stepien rule. We yeah. can just we can just dock your first like we'll take your twenty twenty four and your twenty twenty six. Then you yeah. just won't have first round picks for the next four years. Can I can I say why I don't think that'll happen? Yeah, because of what we talked about last time, where I just don't think the league is motivated to make the Sixers the bad guy in this situation. I think yeah. it's a lot cleaner and neater to rest this at the feet of James Harden, and I don't think the league wants to go out of the way in this particular situation to slap a team on the wrist you know especially since it is not um last year's nonsense you know what i'm saying like i i think if they could get daryl morey dead to rights on the you know the the clear cap circumvention that went on where they could only get you know one guy for that um but they're not that's not what this is about and i think that the league is very much aware of the boomer the thing the the, the boomer um, media class is trying to like make a, a talking point about the league right now is that guys don't stay put, guys demand trades, everyone, uh, you know, I, we've literally been hearing this since I was, um, I, since I've been following the league and everyone always acts like it's a new thing, like, oh, 
the league I, I love is gone. Guys, guys don't finish with their team anymore. It's like that hasn't been a thing literally in the history of the league. I, but, I found out recently that's the reason why Bill Burr stopped watching the NBA. And I was like, really? Like, that's yeah. the thing that made you? Th- and just, he's a Celtics fan. You guys are good every single year. Yeah, well, I just don't. That, that's the, I, I mean, I feel like if you have a problem, like, like that really is like the, not not to be that guy, but that really is like the, the fascist inclination to sort of yearn for a past that was never real. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like, like that, 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 this is, I'm sorry, that never fucking happened. Like, ooh, how many teams did Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one of the greatest players of all time, maybe the greatest player of all time, like definitely top three. Where did he? What he played on? What two teams? Played, three teams? He, he played for two teams, but he played for the Bucks. Was drafted by the Bucks. Won a title with the Bucks, and yeah. then forced a trade to the Lakers. Yeah. Will Will Chamberlain did the same thing with the Warriors, and then later the Sixers, and then later yeah. he got forced to trade to the Lakers. Like this, this has been happening since the beginning of the league. There, there's no like, especially I, before free agency, when you couldn't even leave. Like you had to force a trade if you wanted to play somewhere else. Yeah. That that's like that. And, and, you know, like, I think, like, what everyone's, like, raising the big stink about right now is the optics of guys re-signing to get their money, but then demanding out. And as we've covered before, I'm sorry, that that this is a byproduct of the CBA that the owners wanted because the owners were sick of guys leave walking and giving them nothing. So here's the compromise. The guys get the money. And then you get something in return when you trade for them. And like, I'm sorry if that's icky. Um, that's like literally you, you guys made that happen though. Like this is all the, all the fussing and whining about small market teams. Oh my goodness. We're so sad. We lost our guy. It's just a worst thing. Oh no. Like that is not the, the, all that hand wringing. Guess what? Small market teams um, still mostly suck. Because it's just really fucking hard to like win a championship in the NBA. Like, and Harden is kind of the poster child of all this, by the way. Even yeah. going back, and, and once again, I agree with Harden on most of his trade requests, if not all of his trade requests. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm saying this as someone who is biased as a Sixers fan, who has every right to be mad at James Harden, but also recognizing that 10 years ago when he forced a trade from the Thunder, they didn't want to pay him. Yep. The Rockets. They were done. The Nets were a mess and the Sixers didn't want to pay him. Like, this is what happens. And like, regardless of whether he's worth that money or not, I think the league has proven that they don't think he's worth that money, but it's still in his best interest to try to get the most money possible. He, he, he fucked himself by not having an agent on his head time and time again. And he would have gotten his money if he had just you know, sucked it up for six months with the nets and then asked out after that. But that's not the situation he's in now. And he should try to maximize his wins and his gains yeah. now. So. Yeah. And then that's just gotta be the, I, I think that's gotta be the, you know, the move for him. I just, I don't think the league, the league is not motivated though, to side with James Harden though, because just because Definitely of not. Like, where, where the league is and, and the optics here, he is sort of the, he and Kyrie are kind of the perfect bad guys for like very opposite reasons for sure. like player empowerment, you know, yeah. whether that's fair or not, I don't know, you know, uh, up to everyone. Well, and Ben Simmons, because Be- oh, Ben, yeah. Simmons because, well, because Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons represents like Kyrie and Harden are, they've at least put their time in 
Like, yeah. <laughs> like right. they've they've played like uh, Kyrie's won a title, Harden's won an MVP. They've been two of the seventy five best players of all time, and whatever. Yeah, Simmons is a different in a different way too, in that he's like the spoiled, entitled brat. Zoomer, yeah. who everyone fucking like, literally, hates. literally your fault. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like James Harden, like at least had a, a good game one and game four. You know what I'm sure. saying? Like, and has had like good playoff moments, but just this thing is like he's you know stinkers in elimination games. Like uh, Ben Simmons, like literally, like cratered on the Sixers' like best chance to I think straight up win the title. Maybe, like, maybe like it's. Either that or the Raptors year, um, you know, and I, I don't know. Like, I think it's definitely possible. They I would have loved to win one up. Mickey Mouse ring. I'll tell you that. People will be telling me how the 2021 ring would have been Mickey, and I wouldn't have given a fuck. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, I was gonna say, but like, I, I mean, that that's really are the stakes, you know, for like Ben Simmons. You know, I think that was that was one of like the strongest Sixers teams, like. We've seen, you know, the only thing that I always say with that year is that it kind of was built on a like, I think this year and the and the Jimmy year were the two best years they had a chance because they're like, even though Harden's floor was so low and even like Joel has struggled a lot in both of those runs. Yeah. uh, Even though they can have doo doo ass games. Yeah. The ceiling on what Harden did in game one and four, like you said. And the ceiling on what we know Jimmy Butler can do in the playoffs is yeah. good enough to be one of the two best guys on a title team. We haven't even really seen it from Joel. Actually, Joel's best year was that Hawk series. It was just everything else kind of collapsed around him, and he had like one or two unfortunate bad games at the wrong time. But he was great. I mean, he averaged like an efficient 30 and was dominant on defense for most of that series. So that was probably his best series in retrospect, which is kind of sad. But uh, I do just want to point out this comment and. <laughs> down here Sam this is Maury (laughs) (laughs) I did everything right and they indicted me they indicted me (laughs) I actually am go I'm willing to go on out on a ledge and say I don't think there's gonna there wasn't anything for the hardened shit last offseason I don't think there's gonna be anything for the hardened shit this offseason like I I don't think that they're gonna punish the Sixers in the same way that they even did with the PJ Tucker and Daniel House stuff because there was like confirmed evidence and if Maury was really that worried about getting caught again he would not have documented anything he wouldn't have documented any sort of contact he would have maybe done it through agent back channels or whatever but like I think he would have been more careful about how they went about it (laughs) he would have been a smooth criminal he would have been you know doing it uh, a lot more uh you know just kind of uh, off, off, off the grid, if you will. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really think much is going to come from this. I do think that, uh, once again, the obviously training camp is going to be incredibly awkward if Harden comes. If he plays for the Sixers, it's going to be awful. Um, I think that he's not going to be motivated, and I think that once he's checked out of a place, that's kind of it for him. I don't really think there is a even a Kevin Durant level changing change of heart where it's like, okay, I'll try for half a season and still be one of the 10 best players in the NBA, and then you could trade me at the deadline when Kyrie asks out. I don't even foresee something like that happening. Um, but I do think that it's interesting because there was a poll that came out today that I had mentioned to you before mm-hmm. that I saw that was basically asking people 
Uh, it was I, I think it was asking executives. It was an ESPN poll, if I remember correctly here. Mm-hmm. Who would be the next star to ask out? And it was like overwhelmingly Joel Embiid. Like it was like the large, I think it was 40% of people said, uh, okay, it was ESPN insiders. Okay. So it wasn't executives. But still, ESPN insiders vote Joel Embiid as the next starter request a trade. 40% of the total votes. Zion came in second with 20. Carl Anthony Towns with 12 at three. And then uh, getting a few votes were Trey Young, Kyrie, again, John Morant, Donovan Mitchell, and then Luca. Um, I mean, I kind of think that has to be accurate. Like, as I've said before, unless there's something that Maury can really pull out of his ass in this next year, there's Joel has to ask out almost. Like that's just kind of yeah. how the how the league yeah. works. I compared it when I went on uh uh Brian Toporek's podcast, the NBA pod. Mm-hmm. I went on there and I compared it to the Damian Lillard situation where I was like, I don't think he's gonna ask out during the season. Uh even even though those requests do happen, like we saw with Harden and Durant and Kyrie and even Anthony Davis going back to 2019, they're much more rare than the offseason asks out. Uh yeah. I would imagine it's like the Dame situation where he gives them a year and sees what they can do this season. And then if he views it as like, all right, the team still isn't good enough and the Sixers are aggressive and they can build a good team around him next offseason, great. But if they strike out at, you know, free agents and trades next offseason, that's probably when he will end up asking for a trade. That's just the logical kind of conclusion to this whole thing. Yeah, I I wonder though because if Daryl Morey says his plan is cap space, you know, like, do you think he'd wait around one more year after that just to see what happens with the cap space, like to see what Daryl Morey does? I think it? he'll see what he'll. I think he will do what Dame did. He'll see. Yeah. Okay, you were able to acquire X player, X player. It, does that make enough of a difference that I'm willing to roll the dice? So maybe maybe even the last really good year of my career and see Mm -hmm. if I can be the guy here in Philly. But I think like, look, Joel is an, he's very aware. He knows how people talk. He knows what people are saying. And like, I've said it again, time and time again, like I think this, this season has real disaster potential, despite the Sixers having a lot of talent still. Like, I just don't think the roster makes a ton of sense. I think they only have 12 guys on the roster. Nick Nurse can only do so much. He can't motivate Harden to give a shit. And if that is the case, I think that Joel will be the target because Joel's the only one left that isn't like a young guy. It's like Maury and then Embiid are the two targets. And like Embiid might just get sick of it if the fans are already turning on him like, I think that he's too self-aware of the booing, the way people talk on sports radio here, the way that pe- the fan base is on Twitter. Like, I think that Joel, that's his strength, like being the media savvy star, but it's also might end up being something that makes him too self-aware of how people are talking. And I think that could lead to a trade request. But I do think that if he's on board with the cap space plan, I, th- I view that more as... Maury wants quote unquote flexibility, which I normally say is bullshit because flexibility is just overrated when you're trying to contend for a title and you have a star in the middle of their prime. Uh, but I, especially one with someone's injury history like Joel, but if he's see- seeking that flexibility, 
I think that he views that as we want flexibility no matter what. We want flexibility whether we have a Joel Embiid team or whether Joel asks for a trade. Because it's always good, whether you're rebuilding or you're contending, it's good to have options. And I think that that's the way. If Joel asks out, great, we can use the cap space to take on bad contracts and take back picks. If Joel uh, wants to stay, great, we could build a competitive team around Joel and try to win a title. Like He views it as, I have options here and it's not the only thing that uh, could potentially happen if, you know, we have this cap space next summer, so. Yeah, I think that's probably what's going to happen. I, I, yeah, I really don't think he's going to act ask out, like, in the middle, unless he's, like, just too over. Like, unless, like, James Harden is, like, I, I don't know, like, he's, uh, like, do uh, doing, like, uh, the, the Blade Runner, um, Ryan Gosling, like, act outs in the locker room and, like, pretending there's, like, a holographic girlfriend in there with him or just uh, something, like, un- unreal disruptive. Like, I – and, like, Joel's just, like, this is, a, like, a clown show. Like, I-, I have to get out of here. I think that's pretty much the only way. That's and, I think that's Harden's goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ruin the team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's like, look, I, I might not be able to take them down with the league's front office, but I will be able to take them down from within. <laughs> Like, if he's already saying to do it this shit, we've seen it before, dude. Like, like, look, you can say all you want about Harden, but, like, he gets shit done. <laughs> like, like yeah. he got out of Houston. He was, and he saw the Rockets being done. He saw the Nets being done. Now, this is more about money, so it might not necessarily be, like, him viewing it as that, but he, I think he sees the writing on the wall either way. So, I, I, I don't know. I just think that he's going to try as much as possible to make Joel uncomfortable <sighs> as well. I can't wait for him on the Bucks next year. The the Drew you mean Harden, the Heat. The Drew Harden trade is gonna hit hit like hit like crazy. Wait, you mean the you mean the Miami Heat who are who Bill Simmons says are not getting Damian Lillard? Bill's been wrong like that. five times this summer. Yeah, unfortunately, was what was it? What was the guy that Bill kept saying with the Suns? Like he kept saying like the Suns coach, like mark it down right now. The Suns oh, coach, Kevin Young. Kevin Young. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Young. They I got that. it. I got it. Yeah. Ishmael was just feeding him fake information. <laughs> just fake bullshit. Bill. He's like, Randy. yeah, this guy is, he doesn't know anything. <laughs> Bill. I love, I love Bill. God. I love, I'm going to love. Ask me about business moves. <laughs> I'm going to love when the Embiid trade request is, and Bill goes, I told you, I told you the New York Knicks, they're his old agent. God, old he might agent. be right though. I, I, I don't know. All, all I'm saying is, Every report that has come out since is that the Knicks are the number one team interested and that obviously, well, I I mean, like they're obviously interested, but like, I I mean, I guess it is Daryl Morey still on the team because they don't have a package for Joel. No, I don't think they do. Not the one that Daryl Morey would accept. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no way that's happening. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you're going to have to trade, you know, like it's going to be like. Embiid for like Ja Morant and like something else or some or something like that if Daryl Morey's doing it. So Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be either a best player on a championship team level guy that he'll be asking for, or it will be a insane hall of picks that the Knicks like honestly I also kind of talked about this with a friend earlier. I don't really think Joel makes sense for the Knicks. Like everyone's like, Oh, you paired Jalen Brunson and Joel Embiid, and I'm like and then what's around them? Like, I, you're going to have to give up every good role player you have if you want to keep Brunson. And, like... And they don't have shooting. Yeah. Like, like, Well, they won't if they make that trade. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, well, they definitely would have that. Like, and like Daryl Morey's. I'm sorry, Daryl Morey's not falling for the R.J. Barrett uh, no. switcheroo. Like, so yeah, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I really don't think that's. I would target one. a younger player if I were the Knicks. I would no. target like Luca or Devin Booker or someone that's in their like mid twenty. Why do you want to trade for a guy that's about to be 30 with a history of injuries and your team is not going to be good enough if you give up so much? I like Jalen Brunson a lot, but like, it's hard for me to believe that Jalen Brunson and Embiid with a, mm. not a, gr- a great team built around them can win a title. Like, yeah. And if you're making that trade, it's to win a title. It's not to you know win a playoff series. You already did that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't really buy... Then I don't really think the Knicks should do it. Like I think I, if I were the Knicks, I would be aiming for guys that can give us a shot for the next five. Luca's really the guy. Like I, yeah. I know that it's it's probably gonna get hard because you're gonna have to wait like two to three years, and you, you, you know, fan and fans in the media in New York get really impatient. But like, who's gonna think, give you the biggest window? And it's it's Luka Doncic. I, I don't think maybe the media will, but I don't think the fans will. I think I feel like Knicks fans are often like screaming for the opposite. Like sometimes slow down. Yeah. Like you know. Well, what I'm I would say the very online locked in Knicks fans are that way because oh. I think they're more rational. Yeah. I think the large majority of Knicks fans are not. I think the large majority of Knicks fans are Jets and Giants fans. Yeah. Just it's just like say. Sixers. Yeah. It's, yeah I was the, the football, the football fans who like, you know, tune in for like a national game every month or something sure. like that. Yeah. 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 And like that's the Sixers. Like the Eagles. are the dominant team here and most people are Sixers second or third and because of that their opinions are like you know uh he he doesn't want it enough trade him he's a baby like kind of like reactionary boomer ish sports takes that uh you know we all we we Mm. all hear all the time that uh personally can drive me insane sometimes but uh but yeah so Let's talk uh, a little. I, before we get into the tears thing, I just want to say, have you been kind of like consuming any media regarding these basketball games that are being played in FIBA right now, like the qualifiers? Like, have you been seeing what people have been saying on Twitter and like listening to podcast? Like, I listen to Bill's podcast. A I was. Bit. That's what. That's like. I kind of. Li- I just like listened to the first act of like Bill's podcast, and I was like, God damn, we really are in the 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 like the the doldrums here. Yeah. That the the orgasm over the Anthony Edwards game. I love Anthony Edwards, and I'm on record saying I think he's going to be great this year. Yeah. We I was have- say you took him seventh in our best player draft, I believe. Yeah. Moving f- seventh or eighth in the best player moving forward draft. Love Ant. I'm I am like completely in love with like his just like I feel like confidence is like almost his number one like sure. I, I I think he's like amazing. Like I would even even with them like making one of the worst trades like ever, it's still worth it to be a Wolves fan. You know what I'm saying? Like he's 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 the <laughs> he's the he's best the, player they've had to root, best young player they've had to root for since KG. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's like you know the the mom will be sad. You know what I'm saying? Like like if you're if you're if you're thinking of unaliving yourself as a Wolves fan, Anthony Edwards is the ah, uh, but mom. He's will a life raft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the mom will be sad. Uh, <laughs> reason, um, but um, but like I, I people have got to fucking slow down. That 35 points in a comeback win against like Germany, like like I get Franz and Daniel Tyser like. 
Franz is good, and Daniel Tice is an NBA player, but like, and like, so is Mo. and and Mo and Dennis Schroeder, like, you sure. know, but like, I guess there's NBA, but we gotta like, we gotta slow down, man. <laughs> like, I feel like oh, there are overreactions to to international shit every single year. I yeah. mean, there is to summer league, there is to international shit, there is even to pro am and. Like, oh, the Rico Hines runs right now. So Rico Hines is, you know, doing his runs. And he has a bunch of Sixers players because he's a Sixers assistant coach now. He was with the Raptors for years. And he would get a lot of Rockets guys and Raptors guys. And there's always, like, propaganda going around about these players. And it's like, look, these guys are amazingly talented. But when you reach the level of NBA talent, a lot of this shit comes down to context, whatever context you're in. Plus, NBA players, even the average NBA player is way more skilled and athletic than the average player that you're getting in these international games. Like, uh, like you said, like they have three rotation players in the NBA, one in France, who's really good and probably going to be an all-star soon. Yeah. Uh, but, but it is also like, I understand the, the pump, the brakes thing. I do think the fact that he's doing it at 22 is yeah. what's so, and he literally just turned 22 this week, I think, or maybe does soon. Uh, he might still be 21. The fact that he's doing it at such a young age on a team that is filled with guys who are in their mid to late twenties, yeah. him and Halliburton doing what they're doing is very impressive. I think that him uh, him and Halliburton doing that in any capacity, even if it is against a German team that someone points out in the comments, they were on uh, back-to-back. I think America was also on the second half of a back-to-back, but they just have more depth because they have 15 NBA players on the yeah. team. So, but but I just, I, I just think the fact that, like, the thing with Ant is so funny to me because I see a lot of people... On the other side that are like pushing a lot of draft people who, you know, they they know way more about uh, scouting players than I do. But I do think that there is a bit of kind of including me. I was wrong on Anthony Edwards going into the draft that people were wrong about Anthony Edwards going into the draft. Didn't see him as the number one overall pick and are still holding on to some things from his pre-draft college experience that has not mattered at all in the NBA to be completely frank like it hasn't it doesn't matter like he's already one of the best players in the league top 20 at worst at 21 years old and it's very similar to the Devin Booker thing from a few years ago where it's like oh he doesn't make the great he's not a great playmaker he doesn't make a lot of good decisions and it's like this is the shot selection isn't great and it's like we said the same things about Devin Booker and the difference is that He's on a Anthony Edwards is on a good team that's making the playoffs, and yeah. we see him make winning plays on offense and defense because he's just such an insane athlete, so skilled. Yeah, and I don't think he's ever going to be elite at any of these things, except for you know just being an overall great basketball player. But you see the flashes, and you see the, uh, you see all the shit at age twenty one that you saw from <clears throat> all the best three level scores like bill said like wade and kobe and all those guys so it is it it will be interesting to see how he kind of takes from this experience and moves forward but i think that it's pretty obvious he's going to be probably an all nba guy level guy sooner rather than later based on this last calendar year i would say like he's made the leap very quickly from like a good sub all-star young player in year two to a 
pretty obvious future top 10, top 12 player at worst, even with the flaws in his game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess just... I do want to... I, I, I do think there is... I don't think it's crazy to be, like, slow down on him. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I, you know... I do think you have to kind of get out of the, you know, you have to get out of the woods a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think he's had some, I think like this would, I would bet on this being the year when he like really shows something in the playoffs, like has like a, a really like irrefutable, like, you know, um, 40 point game or like single-handedly like, you know, takes care of business against, you know, some poor team, let's say the Kings or something like that. Like, but I just don't, you know, but I also just believe in Ant, you know, like, and I I don't know, just the, the, the Ant stuff coming out of this game just makes me feel like, boy, like, we really don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> like, that's definitely part of it, too. I yeah. think we are at the, like you said, the dregs of the offseason. Yeah. Where any basketball we can cling on to, for sure. But also, Ant just averaged 31.6, 5.2 assists and five rebounds in the playoffs against the eventual NBA champions, including a game where he scored 41 points. And he only had 1.6 turnovers a game in the playoffs, which I've heard has been a, that. Yeah, that's crazy. Has been a bugaboo of his, to start his career. Like he's a good, he's a good on ball scorer that turns the ball over a lot. And he has improved in the biggest moments, at least. Uh, if you look, it's funny. Cause I actually looked up Devin Booker year three when he was 21 years old. And they almost had the same exact amount of assists and turnovers. It was like 4.5 assists and 3.5 turnovers. And early in his career, that was a concern with Booker. And as he has grown into the player that he is now as this off-ball guy who can also just be a, an, an absolute killer on the ball, he's turned into the best version of what he could possibly be. And he doesn't turn the ball over nearly as much. He's a better passer. He's a better defender. And all the things that you worried about early in his career have kind of gone by the wayside. And that's the future that I see with Anthony Edwards. Like, I just think that, I think that at this point, it's pretty obvious who he's going to be as a player, despite the fact that we still had those concerns. Halliburton is the one guy I do. I, I've, as I've said before, it's, it's funny seeing people hate on Halliburton for some reason after this past year. Now, I think his numbers were a little juiced because the Pacers just play such a crazy style of up and down. They don't play any defense. So yeah. <laughs> because of that, uh, yeah. there are a lot of possessions. Uh, I remember the Sixers and the Pacers had a game this year, and I believe the final score was like one. Hold on. I need to look up the exact final score um, of this game because they had a game the final score was 129 to 126. Oh no, I'm sorry. That was that was the earlier game. In March they had a game that was 147 to 143. The Sixers and the Pacers. So some of the numbers are juiced, but once again, Halley showed who he is. He was a he was hooping in in that game when they needed him most. Those two were really the only reason they won that game. They honestly they they like the thing that I was worried about and Look, I'm not saying this to hate on Cade, but when we were getting reports that Cade was cooking the team in the practice, I was like, what is Luka Doncic going to do if they have to play yeah. against him? Like, my yeah. first thought was like, what are some of these, like, internet, and Luka's probably the only one that is, like, capable of, he was playing the Luka role in practice, Cade, and was torching them, and I was like, if he's doing that, 
I think Luca's just going to absolutely wreck this team if they have a chance to play. So I, I would definitely be disappointed with the U.S. team overall, though, other than Halley and and Edwards, who kind of balled out yesterday. Like, I think that this team is pretty flawed, and I think that Steve, Steve Kerr's showing his ass a yeah. little bit. He's not good. Like, he's, like, sticking with Jalen Brunson way too much. Like, yeah. I, I, like, Jalen Brunson's a good player. I get it, and I get that he's, like, kind of a calming presence. But, like, brother, you have, like – two better guards yeah <laughs> your team like that fit this team like better and give them more pop for like what they need you know? and if you struggle defensively it's just so hard in international play yeah it's just harder it's like it's yeah. it's not as tailored to offense as the nba is yeah and because of that the guys that have the defensive struggles are going to be exploited in a way that like you can get away with it you can hide jalen brunson in the nba but like He's been getting cooked in practice. He's been getting cooked in the games. Like I love Jalen Brunson, but that's definitely not a strength of his. And, and part of the reason why he hasn't, you know, <laughs> it is it is kind of funny. I've seen Hawks fans hating on Jalen Brunson because they wanted Trey Young to get picked instead. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I think Trey would be probably having the same problem mm -hmm. as Jay. Just a hunch that he would also be having the same issue as Jalen Brunson on the defensive end. Yeah. Just a thought, but. But yeah, so those are just some of my thoughts on, on FIBA. I, I'm interested to see. I I kind of think, I'll say this much. If Jokic and Giannis played in this, they both are not. You could easily say the same thing about guys like, oh, if Tatum and whoever played, even in beat or whatever, uh, guys that didn't play for America. But if one of those guys was playing, I would be genuinely concerned for, like, I don't think that America, I think those guys would probably win <laughs> or yeah. at least have a shot like i mean i think that's slovenia probably has a shot because of luke <laughs> yeah i think if germany and or canada because of sga yeah 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 i i, I think i think like i i think what's missing what's been like missing from like usa basketball is like that they don't like you know it, it's not like because the you know, you don't, you don't send like all of your best. You know what I'm saying? Like the USA squad is not Devin Booker, um, Jason Tatum, um, you know, uh, who are the other like top uh, Jimmy Butler, you know, like sure. it's, it's, it's not like, you know, it's USA basketball has kind of been turned over into this thing where it's like something that's strictly for like the up and coming 23 to, you know, 26 year olds you know and none of the older guys ever play and i just think there's enough the world like in general like every other country has gotten better to where the talent disparity is not such a so alarming that it's like a, a given anymore yeah you know what I'm no i mean like yeah. dude there are guys on like random ass teams in these qualifying games mm -hmm. where You'll be like, you've never heard of anyone on the team. And they're competing against, like, teams that have NBA players on them. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it is striking to see how much better the other countries have gotten at basketball, even if they're not filled with NBA talent. Like, this German team has NBA players, but it's not all NBA players up and down the roster. And... Yeah, no, it it is it is just interesting to see. I, I'm I'm excited to see what happens. I'll have to do some streams during the playoffs when I get back from vacation for the FIBA stuff just to see how the American team does.
before we move on to the tiers, did we talk about um, the Knicks um, filing a, a lawsuit that their uh, employee uh, stole all their plays and brought them to the Raptors? Did you hold on? This? So they they stole all their plays and brought them to the Raptors, but they haven't even gotten a chance to use them yet because yeah. it was this guy was hired by the new coach of the Raptors, who was the Grizzlies' assistant, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. Exactly. So. I don't understand like what the, I, I, I mean, like, so, so what do you, so like, I guess what I don't understand is like, he was in the room. Are you like, do you want to like men in black pen him? Like, do you want him to like to hit him with like the, the, the mind wipe? Like what, what, what do you normally do to like? Well, I mean, I guess that's the thing is that like, you can't take from company to company inside information but is the we, problem by birth but you do in your head like sure by, by virtue but of, that's a yeah. that's everyone knows that it's you yeah. can't take the literal information from put it on a thumb drive or your google drive and have videos and and plays scripted up and blah blah well, yes you can remember those things but they're too well like I, there's a reason why this is in place this is this oh, this, this this happens outside of basketball too if I were willing to bet, I bet this is work that that guy did. You know what I'm saying? I don't think this guy was in there like doing the um, uh, doing Makoto from Persona Five, like downloading the file. Oh, you have played that. <laughs> Not playing Persona Five. You, you, you'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only like, like 12 hours in. Though, okay, yeah. that was a Persona Five. For, for, gotcha. But you're not you're not like downloading the um, you're not like downloading the file. I think this guy probably. It was like literally the work he did for the team, and he like brought the copies he did for the team, and sure. like, and that's like what they're upset about is like him bringing his work with him on like a Google Drive or something. Wait, no, we own this now. Yeah, exactly. This is our yeah. yeah no, that's a good point. I I do think that there is this happens all the time. I mean, I just saw I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but they were talking about how SNL does this, mm. where it's like you'll bring an idea to SNL. And SNL will reject it. And they'll be like, we don't want to do that idea for a sketch. It's too out there. It's too, it's not us. Mm -hmm. And then they'll be like, okay. And then later they'll do it. <laughs> and mm -hmm. they'll be like, wait a minute. Yeah. We, we own that. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. you rejected it. So like yeah. that, that uh, a company should not own a worker's intellectual property. I agree with that. Yeah. But, but at the same time, this is the rules in place and everyone knows it. And of course, and I'm also pro the Raptors getting in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> in the same way, I'm sure they're happy that the Sixers are getting in trouble. I'm fine with this. Yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah, no, man. very funny. Uh, but um, very, very, I just think it's very, like, the Knicks and, like, seem like just the worst employer to fucking play for. And, um, you know, just James Dolan is a demon. So I, I'm assuming that this guy did mostly nothing wrong. So. I don't know. I kind of think working for James Dolan the past few years has been pretty sick. Leon Rose doesn't even have to do press conferences. <laughs> <laughs> he literally has not done a press conference since, like, 2020, I think. <laughs> He just doesn't, he doesn't do media availability, nothing. He just gets to chill. Like he just hides behind the scenes working yeah. on his Joel and bead trade mm -hmm. <laughs> of going to his wedding with uh world, worldwide West and uh, Leon Rose going to Joel and beads wedding. I think Daryl Morey was also there to be fair, but it was, that, just that really was Joel's wedding really was like the, the Jack Antonoff uh, quality <laughs> wedding of, uh, 
you know, I would say. How did you fit that or, reference? How did you fit or, in an Antonov reference? I think, I think. Except Morey, Joel got his suit tailored, is what you were trying to say. Yeah. So I think Daryl Morey is Taylor Swift, and I think <laughs> that World Wide West is Lana Del Rey. And oh wait, were, were they both white. there? Yeah, and they both wore white, which wow. is very funny. <laughs> Wait, and you get to a certain level of fame and you're just like fuck it it's my wedding too well, so Jack Antonoff is like one of the like most meek fucking loser babies <laughs> he's obviously not gonna like check any of his friends poor poor Miss Quali when this fails and you realize the demon you've married give me I'm a I'm a podcaster, you know. Basically, the same thing as uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm producing multiple uh, platinum pop albums. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah Sam, exactly. I love you, but you have not made Mariner's Apartment Complex. And until you make a song as good as that, I have to give him a little bit of credit. I know you hate his production style, but it's. I actually bangers. like his. I actually I kind of like the bleachers. I just I know in my heart of hearts that man is a demon. Like I I, I we're, we're there's too find, much information out there. Yeah, to not we're gonna it. we're gonna find something like some something evil is going to be found out about Jack Antonoff. Like when I'm like 80, like he'll pass away at like 96 or something like that, and they'll be like, oh, uh, we found the, uh, this microfilm that Jack Antonoff. Oh my god. <laughs> do you do you remember when Hillary from Twitter dug up all the information about? Did you see this? No, I don't think so. Hillary, who's a Philly Twitter person, okay. was obsessed with Lord's Melodrama, which is a great album. It's a great album. And she was obsessed with the lyrics in that album and what they were trying to say. So she made an entire PowerPoint about how she thinks that it was about the affair that Jack Antonoff and Lord had while Antonoff was with Lena Dunham. And it got to the point where it went so viral that Lena Dunham DM'd her and was like, you're hilarious. Can we talk? What? Wait, wait. I thought, I thought that was going to be like, no, she said, she said, take this down. No, she was like, this is, I think, look, my theory is that I I don't think that Hillary ever spoke with her. I think she was like, I don't want to be involved with this. But my theory is that Lena was like suspecting something. And that when she dug through all these lyrics on, like, for example, you know the line from uh, Greenlight where she says, like, you, she thinks you love the beach, you're such a damn liar. Yeah, right. So there are photos of Lord and her other ex um, who are at the beach and, like, hanging out and, like, they have, oh. there are multiple photos of them. And then there's a photo of Jack Antonoff hanging poolside and he's wearing like a t-shirt and a hat. And like, she's like, which person looks like they don't like the beach? <laughs> like she's yeah. like picking yeah. through like yeah. all this shit. And I'm like, this is kind of genius in a way. Yeah. So, I, Well, also I, not to pile on, but like the, uh, you, you can check this one out. When Lord played Barkley Center and she brought out, um, jack antonoff for Mm -hmm. that performance it is like one of the most like one-sided like flirting things like i have ever seen and jack antonoff that little goblin demon is like pretend oh no like he's like acting like he's not interested i i he's 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 evil and i'll prove it before before i die (laughs) 
This will be like my final thing. I will take it. It's like uh, it's like the journalist who like loses everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I will spend every everything I have to to prove that Jack Antonoff is evil. Also, I know that we're doing uh, celebrity gossip slop in because mm-hmm. uh, it's the middle of August and there's nothing really to talk about. But let Taylor Swift live, dude. Like, yeah. Did you see the photos from LB? So she was she. Yeah. I'm assuming Antonoff's wedding was in New York or some shit. New Jersey, yeah. New Jersey. Okay, yeah. so she was in LBI. She was in Long Beach Island, which is right. a popular shore town here. And uh, so she was there this weekend, and there were hundreds of people just waiting outside of the bar to get like to see her like she was just trying to go and probably eat dinner at this bar and restaurant and it was just like people going losing their mind lining up after there were police there it's just it's just like god you just gotta let i guess because we both lived in new york because living in new york you get so immune to seeing celebrities and it's not like oh a cool new york thing it's like literally they're just like on the subway and it's like kind of like an unspoken rule there that you just let people go about their day yeah you just let them chill out jim gaffigan sat next to me on the subway and i was like all right i just gotta let him chill uh, I feel like I saw I saw Aziz Ansari like literally like thirty times. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, like, the time I like lived in New York. Yeah. I worked in the comedy industry at the time, and I do want to do a podcast where I tell some comedy industry stories that were funny. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would oh, the first day I moved to New York, I ran into Judah Freelander, and I ran into him like ten times over the course at different like bars, walking on the streets, whatever. And I was like, I guess part of the New York experience is that you just see Judah Freelander yeah, 30 yeah. Rock all the time. Yeah. He's always, <laughs> no, he would always be in the fucking black cat, like up the stairs for the comedy set. Like he was always fucking there. Like yeah. every time I walked by. If you were in Lower Manhattan, you were yeah. you had a 50% chance of seeing Judah Freelander. Yeah. But no, it is just funny to me. I guess that's obvious these are obviously all varying levels levels of celebrity because right, like yeah. t- if Taylor Swift tried to tried to ride the subway it would... <laughs> who would you rather see honestly Judah yeah. was a really nice guy I had multiple conversations with him yeah. I'd probably rather have a conversation with him he was he had a lot of weird special interests he was really into like martial arts and soccer and stuff so I yeah. talked to him about that a few times all of mine yeah. were like very like Brooklyn like uh, the, the night I was like blackout drunk and I was like I was like, man, I, I thought the guy we were playing Big Buck Hunter with in Turkey's Nest was uh, Dan Deacon. And my buddy was like, that was Dan Deacon. We talked to him for like three hours. Who is Dan Deacon? It. What is he from? He was, he was uh, he's like a music guy. It's, it's a very Brooklyn reference. I was going to say, I was like, I don't even think I know Dan, Dan yeah, Deacon. This is like a very Brooklyn, like this is like a very uh, um, early 2010s Brooklyn fucking story. I was going to say. Uh, He's. He, I see. He does a uh, uh, electronic pop, and he's from Baltimore. Which, yeah, something about something about Baltimore people, uh, beach house, and, and yeah, fucking this guy, future future islands, which is not a uh, oh like, yeah yeah like also very sure. uh sure very something sad sad, sad. Yeah. All, all, all very. A lot of Baltimore music is, is Baltimore's a sad place. You've ever been yeah. there? <laughs> really, really uh, captures the ennui. Like it's yeah. the ennui capital of the yeah. uh, the East for sure. I call it South South Philly, where mm. it's like, and they actually have part of their diction, like their language, mm. is actually under the umbrella of what is called Philadelphia English. Okay, which was like when. 
people first came over and settled in mm-hmm. in the Northeast. It's so Baltimore. That's why the accent, the Baltimore accent, when Stav will do like his Baltimore, yeah, Joe Flacco, like those mm-hmm. kind of things. It sounds almost identical to a Philly accent. It's just like yeah. It's kind of just like a little bit dumber. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I had a, I had a I had a uh, Jersey friend from Del Val, and we all, we all killed yeah. him for Wooder. Mm. Wooder was. Uh, oh yeah, you got the Wooder dude. Yeah, that's a, that was a, that was a big one. So um, fucking Joel and B, dude. He's a he doesn't care enough, dude. <laughs> fucking send him home. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like it's very funny. It's like the the boss. There's like three different types of Maine accents. And the, some of them just sound are just identical to Boston, and some of them are just French. like Brett Brown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, by the way, so this is uh, one of the most off-season podcast tangents here ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I said, sometime in September, I might have to do. I, I love telling I, – I once again, I didn't meet a ton of people in the industry. Like, I didn't know them. I just work with them on some – the only people that I have real stories about – the only one that I have legitimately good stories about is Norm MacDonald, who is, like, one of my favorite comedians of all time. So at a certain point, I will tell some stories about Norm. He's such a goat, dude. So he's the king. Man. I still watch his YouTube shit, like – yeah. all the time like i honestly like i've probably consumed 90 percent of media involving norm mcdonald <laughs> he's cool. he was so good dude so he was just the best yeah and he was genuinely like a super nice dude so that was good sometimes you meet people and you're like ah, oh, they kind of sucked yeah like uh but he was very very nice so that was cool yeah. all right let's get into um this list so the athletic did their annual player tiers that Seth Partnow from Nerder, uh, the podcast, does every year. And I think that player tiers are a better way probably of going about it than lists because there really is such a varying range of like what a player can be. And as you'll see, when we get to this list, there are certain players and certain tiers that are very different. You know, there are some rising stars, there are some established stars that might not be quite as uh, effective as some role players, but also they're in completely different roles than those players. So let's get into tier five, which was um, the largest tier by a wide barge. It's really fucking big. All right, so let's just start with the the top guys they have here. Clay Thompson, Al Horford, Scotty Barnes, Kyle Lowry. Any, Any issues with this? I mean, like, I can hear Warriors fans getting mad about the Clay ranking, but I think that's right. At this um, point in his career, yeah. who he's become, I think you could maybe you could maybe talk me into four B for him. Yeah, because I still think that he has like one. He has those games in him every once in a while. That's yeah. just way better than a fifth starter, which I'm assuming I, is what this is yeah. supposed to be. I, I don't think Kyle Lowry should here with these guys i don't think kyle lowry should be on it like i i think he's too inconsistent i think his best games are like he has what one every two weeks like yeah like he's just can't finish around the rim anymore he's too old like like he's still a good basketball player but he is realistically a six man yeah and like probably more of a he's at the gary payton part of his career when payton won the title with the heat like he's at the part of his career where if they do win the finals, he's playing 18 minutes a game. Also, I, I, I still, I'm still in on Scotty Barnes as like a theoretical, but like he had a rough year last year. Like, yeah, I think this is this is fair for him to be honest. 
I think I if, just, if anything, he was probably yeah. higher last year. You could oh, see. Okay. You scrolled down a little bit and my blood pressure went. Uh... I know. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, last year he had him in. Uh... Oh, no, okay, yeah. So last year he had him in 4A. This year he has him in 5A when he did his midseason rankings and, okay. and now. So I think that's fair for Scotty that's right fair. now. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I think that Malcolm Brogdon, Tobias Harris, Jonas Valanciunas, Dylan Brooks, DeAndre Hunter are the next five. Ugh, that changes in a hurry. So those first three guys are, uh, as much as I want to joke about Malcolm Brogdon, that those th- first three guys are like actual like starter quality NBA yeah. players. Like, I, I don't know. I think Dylan Brooks is not good. <laughs> it's kind of hard for me. DeAndre Hunter is not good. <laughs> People who know a lot more about basketball say that Dylan Brooks is overrated on defense. Mm-hmm. We know that he could be like a lockup guy, but I struggle with some of those guys because they can look so good when you put them on star wing, which is like really important to be fair. Like D- Dylan Brooks is what Boston Celtics fans who were excited to get Marcus Smart off the team think Marcus Smart is. Sure. Right? Like inflated defensive reputation and like actively sabotaging you on offense by like, the offense is what concerns shots. me with Brooks. Yeah. 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 Like the so, offense, like he's just way too bad with shot selection, not a a, a good playmaker. Like Marcus Marcus is a is a good playmaker. Uh, probably the most underrated playmaker in the NBA, arguably. Um yeah. whereas Brooks is like you know, he's one of those guys where, like, you look at the assist-to-turnover ratio and you go, well, it's not that bad. It's, like, two to one. But then you realize he also takes, like, seven bad shots a game. Yeah. And that yeah. is not counted as a turnover, but it might as well be. Right, right. When when you shoot under 40% from the field and, uh, you know, you're, you're below league average from three on your career, it's not great when you're not really capable of running offense. Brooks was important for them before Desmond Bain really popped off. And mm-hmm. once Desmond Bain became the guy that he became, there was really no use for, for Brooks offensively in, in Houston or in Memphis. And I'm interested to see what he looks like with a coach who might actually call him on his bullshit this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just looking at his basketball reference page and it's, it's hard for me to think that Dylan Brooks is, is going to be anything more than like a slight negative on the whole, despite being a really good on ball defender who you can put on other wings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, I think this is like too high from, I guess. Like, would you not- rather have Dylan Brooks or, or Matisse Thibel? It's like pretty close to it's me, pretty close, yeah. which is kind yeah. of telling because Thibel is obviously not on this list at all. And like, yeah. is a massive issue offensively when you get deeper into the playoffs but he's also like one of the best like uh off in ball. space off yeah. ball, like you know free safety style defenders like in the nba yeah. so like which i don't think dylan brooks is the best of any defender in the nba like, like sure. i don't know um yeah just, he has made all defensive teams i think he's made two that's that mickey mouse um the also uh, malcolm brogdon um having him on an impact list with uh, Al Horford is uh, frankly disgusting. So um, you would move Al up a tier to four B? No, I would not. I would. Um, you would just Malcolm Brogdon to the the date the nether zone. Like I still think he should be on the five A. I still think that if you are one of the best six men in the NBA and you can start in some occasions, you should probably be in five A. Uh, this is like then it's like disrespectful to like Tobias. Like Tobias is better than Malcolm Brogdon. I'm sorry. Like, I think they're 
just different versions of the same player, to be honest. No, no. Yeah. But Tobias is a way better defender. and He is a better defender, would, but Brogdon's a better passer and shooter. If we could make their salaries identical, I would I would swap them in a heartbeat, like instantly. Like I think they're the same tier of guy, but yeah. Okay. Uh, so, okay. Then we have DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter, who I said earlier. I mean, he hasn't shown that he deserves to be here, to be honest. No, no, he thinks he's, no, bad. he's like actively bad. I'm yeah, sorry. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, if anything, I have a problem with Hunter being in the same tier as Tobias. Yeah. Because Tobias is just much better DeAndre much better Hunter. Ever, literally yeah. everything than yeah. DeAndre Hunter. <laughs> I guess, I guess the caveat here for Seth from his perspective is yeah. Hunter is still like 25. I guess. And so Barrett, where's he? Well, we'll, we'll get to that. No. Uh, and uh, to, well, RJ is twenty two. Like at least RJ, if you if if you think that there could be some sort of improvement, th- if you are in on RJ, there is a path where he can become a playable guy. Like Hunter's twenty five, and he largely has a lot of the same issues that Barrett has. And unlike Tobias, when Tobias was twenty five, he was averaging like an efficient twenty points a game and was like the guy on his team. Like, I don't even think DeAndre Hunter's capable of that, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Gary Trent Jr. I think he's fine here. Amphrey Simons. Okay. I know Seth doesn't really like the archetype of kind of small score first guy. I do think he's Simon right. should probably be a tier up. Simons is much better than Jordan Poole. Like, I, well, I don't know about much, but he's, he's better than Jordan Poole. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. So Herb Jones and Jordan Poole and then Mike Conley are the next few. I'm fine with most of those guys. I mean, I guess Jordan I Poole. Mike, I, don't, I know Mike's old. This still feels pretty disrespectful to Mike. He's very old, though. He's, he's like, very old. I know. He's 36, like, I think. Yeah. It's kind of like, like the, the Horford thing. If you're projecting forward, you expect them to at some point fall off. He's 35, yeah. he turns 36 in a month. But I mean, like, like I just compare him to, like, Kyle Lowry. Like, Mike's a better player than Kyle Lowry right now. Yeah, he's also two years younger, so. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, Lowry's 38, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Lowry's yeah, really old, dude. Hold on. Yeah, Lowry's 37, he'll be 38 next season. He's such a demon. It's God. unbelievable. Marcus Smart is still playing at 40. I'm never forgiving. Ne- like, he's going to play more years for the Grizzlies than the Celtics, and I'm never forgiving <laughs> Brad Stevens. Never forgiving Brad Stevens. Let's go. Uh, uh, okay, so we have Mike Conley. You would not have Jordan Poole. I mean, I think that's fine for – I don't yeah. want to overreact too much to last year. We'll see what <laughs> Jordan Poole does this year. You know what, though, I'm realizing? Because this doesn't count contracts. So it doesn't. This is just uh, players on its, it's face. Just players. So – Maybe, you know what, maybe Jordan Poole does deserve to be here because, like, I, I'm just, I'm so used to the contract just being, like, out of sight, like, g- god-awful and just, like, intolerable. But, like, if you're not considering the contract, like, I, you know, Jordan Poole's f- fine. He's a good six-man to have, sure. uh, you know. Not in the and we'll see what he, how he looks as a tank commander next year for the yep. Wizards. Uh, okay, so then after Conley, we have Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. Nikola Vucevic, Clint Capella, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I think Clint's better than a lot of these guys. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. I might even be willing to move Clint up to four B. Yeah, I think I think Clint's better than pretty much. When everybody. healthy and available, which is always a caveat with him. Yeah, I, he's I, still I, a really really good role player. The the two guys I would move up at this point are Tobias and Clint. I know Sixers fans aren't going to want to endorse it. Tobias is good, man. I I watched Tobias in the playoffs. Like he was. 
I, I don't know. I really, I, maybe I just really value what Tobias does, but like, yeah, and he, I'm not, I'm not on a team paying him $40 million, but like, I think he's good. I think he's good. If he makes three more layups wide open in game six, they probably go to the conference finals. Yeah. Like, you're just always going to have those issues with Tobias. I still think he, I would probably keep him in 5A. You could have talked me into this probably halfway through the year, but I mean, I don't know. It's th- there are a few guys here that I think are are I could see in either 4B or 5A. Um but Clint Clint's the one guy I would definitely move up. I think that he's become underrated if anything. I think he's one of the yeah. top 10 centers in the NBA. Maybe not top 10 anymore if you listed it out, but he's certainly like All right, let's hear you could change it to position. Okay. Um, and see, all right, they have him. Oh my God. They have a lot of centers over him. I don't want to spoil the whole list though. So let's, oh uh, God. yeah, yeah. They have a lot of guys over him, but like Nikola Vucevic is technically ahead of him, I believe. Uh, and I would absolutely rather have Clint Capella than Nikola Vucevic. Um, okay. So we have, yeah, I'm fine with most of these. Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, D'Angelo Russell, the, the net, the former nets tier here. I always, I just have like a general distaste for Karis LeVert, but then I go like and like look at his stats last year and he like actually wasn't, he was actually had like a pretty good season. Yeah. He was a good three and D guy for the, uh, for the caps and also had his worst, uh, like mid range shooting season of his career. Uh, and if that balances out, then he's a pretty useful player. I, I think that all these guys are fine here. Uh, Emmanuel quickly at five a I'm surprised. Seth's a bit of a calculator nerd, so I I was kind of expecting him to be higher on Quickly um, just because Quickly has been so beloved by analytics. Yeah. But I think 5A or maybe 4B you could talk me into for Quickly, but we have to see what kind of players are in that tier. Uh, Kevin Herter. Wow. Kevin Herter at 5A. I thought Kevin Herter would be higher. Yeah, I was going to say, I would would move Kevin Herter up a tier. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. He's better than a lot of these guys. Also, Norm Powell, PJ Washington, Terry Rozier, Cam Johnson, Jakob Pertle. Disrespectful to Terry, <laughs> the goat. <laughs> I actually think Cam Cam Johnson. Yeah, that's like, that's pretty low for Cam Johnson. Actually, Cam Johnson is an elite shooter. He's six seven. He's a pretty capable defender. He can create a little bit. He's not like excellent at anything but shooting but to be that size and be passable defensively and be an elite elite shooter like him i would move him up to 4b i would i I would i would have him up in 4b i think if cam johnson's your fourth best player you have a chance to win the title yeah i agree i agree with all that yeah um okay yaka pertle keldon johnson Kayvon. okay so this is where i'm fine with most of these because i just think i don't really watch nearly enough like spurs to like have like a crazy opinion. This is this is where he lost me a little bit though. Kayvon Looney, who I think is probably okay for 5A, you might move him up to 4B, but then you have Lou Dort in the next one. Can we stop with the Lou Dort stuff? He's not good. I've been you, saying this no, for a I, year, dude. I, this is typical Harden stand, uh, trying to erase that he Harden was in the torture chamber for an entire round of the playoffs. That, okay, so Lou Dort is a great 6'3 on-ball defender who can't finish at the rim, is a, a willing but not good shooter, can kind of create a little bit. He's very athletic, but like if he's your fifth starter, like... 
I just don't really see him fitting on a ton of teams. Like, like I don't think he's going to start for the. Th- he shouldn't start for the Thunder next year. They have better players yeah. than oh, Lindor. Yeah. They, have, they have they have like eight better players than Lindor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, like uh, yeah. I, and like Kayvon Looney was a large part of why the Warriors just won a playoff series and ha- and has been a key piece in two title or one finals team or two finals. No, he's he's won two titles and I, been a key part of three finals teams. I would argue he's their third best player behind Draymond and Steph. Yeah. Now Wiggins is better than Looney. Wiggins last is better year, than Looney. La, la, Come last on, year, yeah, I don't. Wiggins is better than Looney. What? What? What are we talking about? You're insane. <laughs> Wiggins <laughs> had Tatum in hell in the finals, like not no, that long ago. No, no, no. It was a, it was a bit. Tatum was doing a goof. Oh, he, he was. Yeah, yeah, he didn't want to. Yeah, he was he trolling wanted, you. He didn't, didn't want to. Yeah, he didn't want to win a title too early. He wanted, True. To, uh, he wanted to keep me in uh, my psychic hell that he he has over me, where I just I either slander him mercilessly or defend him to my dying breath with zero in between. Yeah. God, okay. I, God, I hate my fucking team. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. All right, now we have the, the Knicks guys, Quentin Grimes, RJ Barrett, what? Alperin, Shangoon. This is, this is, Grimes and Barrett next to each other shouldn't be allowed. You should go directly to jail. Like, yeah, like, I think, I think Fred, Grimes Fred is Armisen, than, than The Fred Armisen go directly to jail. Come yeah. on, man. Come on. Like, even with the money excluded, like, one of these guys is good, one is bad. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, you might be spitting. Um yeah. what, what? RJ the, the RJ Barrettless Knicks. Will was cooking with the RJ Barrettless Knicks. Like yeah. I'm sorry, we're gonna be. That's gonna be the. That's gonna be YKB's uh, fucking um, Ewing theory. The RJ Barrett theory. Yeah, the RJ Barrett theory. When a player sucks and is young, um, the team is better when he doesn't play. <laughs> AKA the John Morant theory. Yeah, let's go. Go. <laughs> no! We're back. We're Fuck back. the 2019 draft. Let's go. Seriously, it sucks. No, no, in all seriousness. Yeah, I mean, RJ just hasn't proven it. Uh, I, I, a Part of me, two years ago, Seth Partnow left RJ Barrett off his list entirely and was pretty much immediately vindicated, but then he had a ton of Knicks fans. Knicks fans are a very specific kind of psycho online where, first off, they love to make every single thing about the Knicks. Like, mm-hmm. people were praising Anthony Edwards... Mm-hmm. yesterday and they were like what about rj barrett who also had an amazing game against germany and was dominant and blah 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 and then i was like well the difference is that anthony edwards has been good in the nba <laughs> like, yeah right. rj barrett yeah. has had one yeah. good yeah. one <laughs> good season in the nba if he does it next year and he's great i will give him credit but to this point he has proven to be a below average NBA player that is treated like he is a future star. And yeah. he has not shown that at all in any capacity. Like he's had some good games. He's had some good stretches. He has to do it consistently for me to care at all. Like that's just, and look, wings develop a little slower. If the three point shot is fixed and he can be an above average three point shooter, then he has an easier pathway to becoming a good player. He is currently not a good NBA player. That's yeah. just the reality of the uh, of the situation. Anthony Edwards is currently a good NBA player and mm. also has shown much more promise than RJ Barrett. So yeah. we will we will praise accordingly, even if RJ Barrett had a better game than Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Uh that's that's um, how I value that. 
also i just real quick because um i i just said we we just got done saying that we were sure the knicks did something wrong um they have that guy like dead to rights like he sent emails from his knicks email to the toronto thing with like the attachments on there (laughs) (laughs) i think he he also sent his login information This guy. That guy. This guy rules, actually. Um, I so, actually think he owns. Yeah, I was going to say, that's actually cool. Um, I hope he gets away with it. Um, but um, I, yeah. I doubt he will, considering this new information that's been brought to life. It's still fuck John, uh, um, James Dolan and the Knicks, though. So. I did everything wrong, and they indicted me. I, I, did, I did everything right, and they still sued me. They sued me at my new employer with the Maasai. Is he going to lose his job? Like, I I don't know what this is going to like. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what is going to like become of this. God, invest in Google Drive or uh, a thumbs uh, a thumb thumbstick drive, like I said earlier. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! Oh yeah. my God! Mm-hmm. Oof! All right, so. Alperin Shangoon, Benedict Matherin, DeAnthony Melton, Trey Murphy. Mm-hmm. I guess at as they currently stand, sure. I'd probably have Trey Murphy a, a tear up. Um, and I think Shangoon has a lot of potential. Okay. Then we have Walker Kessler, Malik Monk, Zubach, Grant Williams, Gary Payton, the second, Jade McDaniels, Jalen Green, and Markel Fultz. I don't really have a problem with any of those guys. Uh, I think you could make some arguments to move them up. But for now, where they stand as NBA players, that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Solid starters. Some have more potential than others, like Shangoon and uh, Jaden McDaniels and Jalen Green and Trey Murphy and those guys. But as it stands, sure, 5A is fine. Let's move up to 4B now. Which yeah. is the oh four C, so we wow. were getting it wrong the whole time. There's four C as well. All right, so this is the top 125 players, I believe. So, okay, Keegan Murray, Jalen Williams, Bruce Brown, Alex Caruso, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Bojan Bogdanovic, Josh Giddy. I don't really have a problem think, with any of these. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with any of that. Maybe this is this is the good Jalen Williams, right? Yes. Okay. Maybe him a little higher, but outside of that, based on his rookie year, he was great. Yeah, yeah. Maybe him a little higher, but I'm also projecting a little, which yeah. I guess he's doing with RJ Barrett. So, but but other than that, I think all these guys are, you know, yeah, really good, strong six men role player guys. Um, you know, I would say third or fourth starters with these guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and, and like four, I would say fourth starters on good teams. Sure, fourth, yeah. maybe fifth starters. In yeah. yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, Cade Cunningham, Tyler Hero. Wow, this this part of the list was made for you. Uh, John Collins, <laughs> Jeremy Grant, DeAndre Ayton, Marcus Smart, Zach Levine, and then that's the end of the four C. Okay. So I was going to be really mad about the Marcus Smart thing. This is insanely disrespectful to Zach Levine, too. <laughs> like yeah. insanely disrespectful to Zach Levine. What yeah. is that? Like. Zach Levine is in the same tier as Tyler Hero, Cade Cunningham. John Collins? John Collins. Yeah. Uh, no, like, Levine should be in 4B. Yeah. I, I, 
maybe higher. Like I want to see what the other guys. Are. I I think Zach Levine is why Marcus Smart obviously too low. Um, DeAndre Ayton too high. Um, Let's see the history of Zach Levine. So he had last year when he first started, he had him. Oh, he's always been much lower on Zach Levine. I remember there was a podcast where he went on Sam Vecini's podcast mm -hmm. and he had Zach in 4B, I believe. And mm -hmm. uh, Zach made his way further up. He had him in 3B before. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I think I would put Zach in the three. Yeah, like this this is crazy, man. Yeah. Like, I, 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 like, Vecini like I, was arguing that he should have had him in the third tier when he had him in the fifth tier, and mm -hmm. and Seth was like pushing back against it, and then immediately Zach Levine became an all star after that. So, yeah, I mean, three year average, he's got a plus three EPM, thirtieth in the entire NBA. Mm -hmm. I think I would have, I would definitely have him in the third tier, like three B or three C, but. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, that's good. Dude, to put him in the same tier as Cade Cunningham, Tyler Hero, and John Collins, yes. based on what they've done in their career so far, Zach yeah. Levine has made two all-star teams and is I, a, I, and and is a two-way player. I'm a, I'm a huge Marcus Smart, like, propagandist. And, like, to, the fact that I'm defending Zach Levine before yeah. I defend Marcus Smart like, tells you all you need to know about, like, what's going on in this. That's, like, that's... Cause, cause I've always been a little low on Zach Levine to the point where like, I was kind of like, um, Mandela affecting myself. Well, sure. like, well, he's, he's a bad shooter. And then I go and look, he's like shooting at 41% or whatever it was like. Yeah. Last. He's one of the 15 best shooters of the NBA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has, he, he makes like, yeah. What? Three threes a game or something. Like, yeah. He shoots like, I think he shoots like, okay, maybe that was an exaggeration, but he yeah. shoots like close to 40% on insane difficulty is yeah. an elite catch and shoot guy can shoot pull ups like he's yeah, yeah he's he's extremely good this at is, shooting we're like this is the first one that just this is like cuz i can even make some of the arguments see some of the arguments for some of the ones we were like slander this is like just wrong like i'm sorry yeah. like yeah to be wrong. clear Zach Levine does make like three threes a game yeah. like that's <laughs> yeah that's a on. lot of threes made for a star player like 3.1 yeah. 3.4 2.8 2.6 yeah. made threes per game uh, and is a good on-ball defender. Obviously, has the issues with the, the off-ball stuff. But mm -hmm. what star player doesn't? Um, it's very rare that you find that. Mm -hmm. And uh, in addition to that, um, yeah, he's like a near 50-40-90 guy who can create <laughs> his own offense. Doesn't turn the ball over a ton. Yeah, I don't understand why he's at four C. No, no. Like I, I, I do think like some of Zach Levine's impact is a little like uh, too big by some things, but this is like it. This is crazy. Like yeah, these guys. Yeah. Victor Webb and Yaba is four B. Austin Reeves, Nick Claxton, Franz Wagner. He finally put. I don't even think he had Franz on the list last year, mm, and okay. everyone was very mad. Okay, he had him five A last year, and we were mad about that. But they moved him up to four B. So Austin Reeves, Nick Claxton, Franz Wagner, Julius Randle at 4B. He's an all-NBA guy. Someone said that he wasn't even in the top 10 power forwards on the list, by the way. That's funny. And he made all-NBA last year. <laughs> I mean, look, funny, yeah. I he's mean, undeniably a playoff dropper. And yeah. if you have him on your team, you have to run your offense through him, basically. Yeah. But... 4B feels kind of low. 
for Julius? Yeah. I, like, can get... Because, like, you know, there, there is, like, some efficiency stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's there's ways to pick apart Julius Randle that you just, like, can't do with Zach Levine. You know True. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, but I also would add Zach in the three tier. Like, I yeah. would have had him in the third tier. So that exactly. doesn't yeah. change how I feel about that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, um, Brooke Lopez, bro- Miles Turner, Tyrese Maxey, DeJounte. Okay, so I was going to say, where's DeJounte Murray in this tier? Yeah. Because if DeJounte's 4B, then okay, I could hear the Julius Randle 4B. Yeah. Uh, but I probably would add him for a just because he is still like the he was mostly a number one option on a playoff team for two of the last three years until Jalen Brunson had his breakout. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. J- Jared Allen, Fred Van Fleet, Carl Anthony Towns. Wow, what a fall from grace he's had. Carl Anthony Towns. I think it's kind of right. I might have had him for a, but the yeah. I mean, like, let's see who's ahead of him. Paulo Bencaro, Derek White, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Kristaps Porzingis, Evan Mobley, Desmond Bain, Darius Garland, Robert Williams, Andrew Wiggins, OG Ananobi, Sabonis, Ingram, CJ McCollum, Chris Paul. That feels pretty low for Brandon Ingram. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, like a he's, lot. Of he's players, also been very uh, anti anti yeah. uh, Brandon Ingram, Seth. Yeah, which I, I, I like kind of get, but that's the one that jumps out at me. Uh, Porzingis feels a little Sabonis, given regular season performance. This feels a little low for him, but also this is uh, Porz- Sabonis is the same thing as Julius Randle. You know what I'm saying? Where exactly. Like, you you like just strictly based on regular season stuff. Yeah. This is like too low, but like, we also know floor like, raising capping, capping ceiling. Yes. Cap, yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these other guys are like, you know, elite, elite role players. Like this, this tier should otherwise be called elite role players. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. Wiggins, OG, uh, Derek white, um, Rob, uh, like guys who like really make a huge difference. Also pretty low for Darius Garland and Desmond Bain. Yeah, I feel like you could move either of those guys up based on based on where we we see. Like, yeah, I I agree. I, I yeah. I'm with you. I think that you move those guys up to three, yeah. whatever C or B or whatever you have. Yeah. Uh, but uh, agreed. I think that that yeah. I mean, if they're the third best player in your team, your team's gonna be pretty fucking good. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, all, if you think about like, would why is you... C J McCollum still here? And why is Chris Paul still here? And I like both. I, I, I've yeah. defended both of those guys versus slander before. Yeah. But like CJ had a really down year and he's now like 32. Why is Zach Levine two tiers below? <laughs> CJ he should McCollum. not be below either of these, <laughs> yeah. especially CJ McCollum. Like, yeah, what, yeah. what does CJ yeah. McCollum do better than Zach Levine now? Literally nothing. Literally nothing. I think um, he handles the ball a little better, but does that really matter when you're. Does he though? I, I think he's got a better. Good. Yeah, Zach's a, Zach's a pretty good ball handler. I don't, it, yeah. I feel like it's a push. Um, Chris, yeah, Chris is like falling off a cliff. Chris should be in like the Kyle Lowry, like maybe not that low, but like he should be in the like, yeah, Mike Conley. Maybe, yeah, I think Mike Conley and Chris Paul are probably pretty similar um, level right now. So Seth always says this is strictly for winning championships. So he's against players who have who have to be the number one option and aren't good enough to win a championship. This is where I disagree with Seth, because I think that 
in order to make a list like this, you have to consider thing because not only one team wins a championship every year. Yeah, <laughs> right. If you're right. doing that, then you're really doing a disservice to players who are still very good NBA players that make all-star teams and all NBAs, but dis- but might not be able to be on a championship team based on whatever their role is right now, like Julius Randle and Sabonis. Brandon Ingram is the problem I've always had with Seth uh, and his, I call it terminal scalability brain, uh, where he said last year, if you were the Bucks, would you rather have Brandon Ingram or Dorian Finney-Smith? And I laughed and I said, obviously Brandon Ingram, because well, yeah. what is the Bucks' biggest issue in the playoffs every year? They can't score in the half court. I think Brandon Ingram would help quite a bit with that. And they also have the defensive infrastructure to cover up some of Brandon Ingram's weaknesses on defense because they have Brooke Lopez and Giannis and Drew. And, and you know, once Chris Middleton was kind of a shell of himself, their team really tanked. And having Brandon Ingram would have been really nice <laughs> if that were the case. And... Also, Dorian Finney-Smith is completely reliant on other players. He can't create his own offense. Uh, He's a very good defender, but he's not, like, one of the five best defenders in the league. Mm -hmm. And he's pretty much, as I've said, like a... He's like a a super P.J. Tucker type. Like, really good, nice role player, but is he even on this list? Like, Mm -hmm. and a year ago, he was saying he would rather have Dorian Finney-Smith over Brandon Ingram. I'm like, okay. Like, I, I just don't, I never got the argument. I still don't. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming if Mikhail Bridges is up next that Dorian Finney-Smith did not make this list at all. And Brandon Ingram is still in 4A, and I think you could argue should be higher. Um, so, yeah, By the way, where is Dor- Dorian Finney-Smith? He's better than a lot of the guys. He's better than fucking DeAndre Hunter. Yeah. I would have, I agree. I would have had him in the fifth tier. Uh, yeah, he should be in the fifth tier somewhere. He's like, a good fifth starter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Or like may, maybe in the fourth C tier. Like he's a really good defender. Like I don't, I don't know. Like I'd, he, I'd have him in the fifth tier. He's yeah. better than Herb Jones right now. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And then Herb Jones was in the fifth tier. So, you know, I don't know. Um, maybe boy. there should have been multiple tiers within the fifth tier is what we're trying to get at here. Um, okay. Tyrese Halliburton, Mikhail Bridges, LaMelo Ball, DeMar DeRozan. This is the third tier, by the way. This is 3C. Tyrese Halliburton, Mikhail Bridges, LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Bradley Beal, Rudy Gobert. That's 3C. I don't know about Brad Beal here. Everybody else is good, I think. I think if you just put Zach Levine in this tier, I think it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's where I'm at with a maybe even higher for Zach because... Unlike yeah. DeMar, I think that it's just really hard to put DeMar on a championship level team. I would because put Zach the... ahead of all of these guys still. Like, even LaMelo think... and Tyrese, who I, like, love, but, like, we're, I'm assuming we're doing right now. Like, Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd put, I'd probably put Tyrese and Zach Levine in 3B. Yeah. But yeah. otherwise, I'm mostly fine with this. I don't see how DeMar DeRozan can be 3C if it's a championship level thing, though. How could you build a championship level team with DeMar who demands the ball is mid-range heavy doesn't shoot threes is a problem on defense and is a good offensive player but not like an elite one. I think De- I I I've defended DeMar in the past too but if you're just talking like how is he not in the four tier with those other guys? I I don't think it's like impossible to do. With it would be him. really tough though. I 
you know, you it would have to look like the Phoenix Suns from before. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, look, because the thing is, like, he does – he has had some, like, really strong playoff games. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like – Not really. He only had one against the Bucks, and he was always kind of choking in the playoffs before that. Well, I mean, but also – he was also, like, the top front and center of the scouting report and still sure. had like, a good game, you know? Like, yeah. you could also just use that to indict the Bucks. But, like, like what like, star is he going to work with is my question. I, I, all the good ones like i don't maybe Giannis, but like yeah. i don't think defensively a Jokic demar thing is going to be like look maybe the offense is good enough it doesn't matter like it was this past year but mm-hmm. a lot of the nuggets with the brilliant part about Jokic is that he lifts up offensive talent and you can play defensive first guys mm-hmm. and even guys like michael porter jr who are role players on that team are elite three-point shooters demar DeRozan would cook on the bucks he would cook. Sure. The Bucks might be the one situation I could see. Yeah. If you just put him on that team and you took off like this version of Chris Middleton, yeah. if we assume that Chris Middleton's declining, because two years ago, Chris Middleton was better than DeMar at at what the Bucks needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but this version of DeMar, sure. If you just assume he's still continues, that might be the one team I could really see him working on. But like, I think the defensive issues with like, even Joel, like if you're playing a drop system, like, Demar kind of struggles to find his. Although the, the the Bulls play drop and they did have a top five defense, although it was largely due to like Alex Caruso. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I Demar's a, a, a an interesting one. We'll see with Bradley Beal this year. I think Beal. I don't know. I think Beal is like passable on defense now, and if he's passable on defense and like can figure some other things out. I think that he's fine in this tier in 3C. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I kind of think that's a fine place for him. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I honestly, Halliburton was the one I would move up out of all of these guys. I think he's still being underrated. Um, Laurie Markin at 3B. Laurie Markin and Jalen Brunson, Zion Williamson, Pascal Siakam, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Kyrie Irving, Trey Young, and that's it. Chris Middleton's too high. Based on what we just saw, Chris Middleton's too high. Uh, last last think, year, Middleton was... I know he was coming off the injury, but like... Since I the would, championship year, Middleton has been disappointing, I would say. He was yeah. great the championship year, though. Yeah. I also think... I This is more personal. I can see doing this another way, but I personally would have Draymond higher than this. I think 3B is fine for this version of Draymond, to be honest. He was so good, man. He was so good like a year and a half ago. Like, <laughs> but he also I, got benched during that run too. He had he had several games where he got benched, and the team was good without him. I look. I'm historically think Draymond Green is underrated. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's the player that he once was. I think he's still a very very good player. I would have had him. Yeah. A, I would have had him in two A if you yes. had told me yes. at the at his peak. Yes, but like agreed. agreed with all that. Yeah, with, with the way that we have to vote, like. You're still going to have an elite regular season defense and probably a pretty good playoff defense with Draymond, but the offensive shortcomings are real. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to like quibble on it, but just me personally, I just really, I, I think Draymond's like special. You know what I'm saying? And it's again, part of my Marcus smart brain, like where I, I really value guys like that. So I, sure. Know. Um, I think, the, I think this is pretty He's fun. been in big games house. He's been in big games. I like it. I, I, I just like a guy that's been in big games. 
the Zion thing, like, I don't know. I have no That's all availability. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have no fucking idea what to do with Zion. We always do this but, with him. Yeah. But there are certain guys that didn't get dinged for their daily avail- availability based on what we've seen on this list so far. Yeah. Well, and Zion we'll, we'll See is... where Anthony Davis ends up here, you know? Yeah. Uh, honestly, the biggest one, I, I might come off, I might end up sending like a Lori Market and Hater. I just, I don't, I think his year was kind of Mickey Mouse. I like, agree. If he's instant, if he shoots, I, we always do this with guys who shoot like an insane percentage and Lori is a good shooter, but he's never been like a top five. Sh- like he was so insanely elite mm-hmm. last year. And I don't know. And, and look, maybe if you are doing a championship team three in the three tier, sure. Uh, but he does have some, he still has some defensive issues and like, I don't know. I'd rather have Zach Levine than Laurie Marketing. Yeah. Maybe Zach's going to be the guy that we always hold on to here. But, like, I'd rather have Halliburton. I'd rather have Levine. Like, those yeah. – and, like – No, Marketing's like, one of the clearest um, guys I would, like, bet on, like, a, a – A regression a, year. A yeah. regression year for, yeah. If so, he like, is who he is from last year and even a little bit of the year before where he, like, was kind of cooking with the Cavs. Yeah. Okay, sure. He could take a pretty significant step back and this still be a huge win for the Jazz. Yeah, no, like he's a good how, player. How insanely like how much he improved like last But like year. look at everyone else in this tier and tell me that they they haven't had a, a much larger sample size of being an elite NBA player. <laughs> Jalen Brunson is the other one that but I feel but more even Jalen, about yeah. that because he did well in the playoffs. Yeah, so. and the and the Mavs yeah. When he was on the Mavs, when Luca was out, they won a game with right. with him running the show. Like he showed, if you look at his per possession stats, yeah. they were almost identical to what he had with the Knicks this past year. It was yeah. just it wasn't he wasn't getting the opportunity in the same way. Like Laurie's jump was much more massive than Brunson's jump, yeah. and all these other guys like Kyrie and. Chris Middleton aren't the players that they once were, but they were second best players on title teams at one point, and still are very good NBA players. Uh, Trey was the best player on an Easter Conference Finals team not that long ago. Draymond's been a key part of a championship team's uh, Pascal. Zion, at one point, we thought was going to be one of the 10 best. Like, I just think that he's the outlier of this group. Um, okay, so De'Aaron Fox, Anthony Edwards. This is 3A. De'Aaron Fox, Anthony Edwards, Jaron Jackson, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo. Um... I don't have many issues think, with this. I don't really have a ton of issues with this. Um, I think is Trey Young in this tier, or is he a tier lower? He's three B. He, he should f- be. He should be in this tier too. Um, I think. Yeah, these guys, these guys are all kind of frauds in various ways. I would bet on Jaron Jackson and Anthony Edwards not being here next year. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I, I think those guys are both going to improve and be better next year, and like be out of this tier. Um, yeah. They're both this is, up still. I guess, like, if I were gonna, like, I don't want to be making this case. You could probably make a case that, actually, no, this is pretty high for Bam, considering. I was gonna say, I was gonna. He try has to been the second best player on a finals team, like, yeah, even twice. if it was somewhat Mickey Mouse, like that's both times it was Mickey Mouse, but he has been, he has been the second best. Honestly, he was the best player for the second half of the playoff run. Yeah. After Jimmy got hurt. After what, Jimmy got hurt. Jimmy, Jimmy was hurt this time. I mean, he missed a game. He missed two games, right? 
Yeah, well, it's the Knicks. Like, come on. Like, that's just like playing with the food. Like, I do think that he was hurt, but yeah. I don't. I don't think he was hurt. I think just, this is he, just insane hater shit that you yeah, continue he's, with. He's uh, he, he needed a he's fucking narrative. To he needed a narrative. He knew he was going to suck. Look, there's no one that that buys that more than me. But it, it, yeah. he he was hurt. Uh, the, the year before, I'm more skeptical of that injury when yeah. he was hurt, because then he he played like fucking god in two games against the Celtics, and I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. All right, so, yeah, I'm mostly fine with this tier. I don't really have many issues. I'm mostly fine. Donovan Mitchell is one of the players that I just have such a hard time getting a grasp around. I definitely agree with you. I think Anthony Edwards, at the very least, will leap up into the next year, and Jared Jackson could, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Donovan Mitchell is someone who I just, like, go back and forth on so much because, Mm -hmm. like, the highs are like, oh, my God, he scored 72 points. Right, right, right. And then the lows are like, oh, he got outplayed by Jalen Brunson again in the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) I guess three is an appropriate area for him. Uh, I'll say this about Donovan Mitchell. I'm starting to think maybe Rudy was right, which I never thought I was. Oh, my God. Was Rudy right? (laughs) He was He was, like, in the MVP conversation at one point last year, though. Don't forget that. That's true, but, like, I'm just going to say, like, if the Cavs lose in the first round again and the Wolves get out of the first round, like, uh, stay woke. I'm just going to say. Let's, was Rudy cooking? Yeah. What's going on? Was, Some was French Rudy, cuisine. Was was Rudy framed uh, d- during COVID? I want Nate Duncan to interview Rudy. <laughs> how, on his COVID podcast with Ben yeah, Taylor. On the COVID podcast and ask him how he was framed by uh, agents of the, the CCP. What was that uh, called again? Thinking COVID? COVID on. COVID on. I love. Uh, don't get it twisted. I love. I. I. I want to do. We should do an episode about Nate at some point because, like, I. I feel like a lot of the stuff I say about Nate like makes it sound like I hate him. I don't. I was actually like a dunked on listener. Like I sure. think he's like. I think he is a like. Uh, a real trailblazer for like the calculator rats. Yeah, no, you know, ball doesn't have nearly as much of a following if it isn't for Danny and uh, Nate. Kind no, of. absolutely. Like they, they, they like Hollinger gets a lot of credit that I think those guys deserve more for, to be honest, like yeah. Hollinger, like invented PER, but those guys were like in the, in the mud, like uh, uh, making up the, the, the salary cap uh, fucking projections. And uh, well, you know, well, John was the John was the kind of the John was like the Rock Kim of <laughs> he changed the game because he made like everyone realize oh this shit can be like better and this shit can be more public. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Danny and Nate are more of the you know the the Nas and Jay Z of pushing pushing it forward in the nineties. <laughs> well, I guess maybe Biggie or Tupac might be an example as well, but. <laughs> My point here is that before John Hollinger, people didn't know, like, rap was like a novelty before uh, Rakim in the same way that analytics were before John Hollinger. So stay woke. I, I'm glad I let you do the thing because I was going <laughs> to say that uh, John, I was going to say that John Hollinger was the Macklemore and they were the Macklemore. <laughs> they were the Mackleless. The Mackleless. They Mackled less yeah, 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 yeah. In, in many ways. Um, yeah, I, they, I think this is all fine. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, now I'm trying to think who is the Sugar Hill gang? (laughs) (laughs) 
That's actually that could be John Hollinger. <laughs> yeah, that's that's his. They might be J- Danny and Nate might be the Eric B and Rakim of of this analogy. I, and I'll say this about Eric and Danny: they like do have in their own like Eric um, and Danny. Or sorry, uh, Danny, <laughs> no, you know what I meant. Uh, Nate D and Nate Nate and Danny have their own. You know, they have their own Elon adjacent way of posting, like sure. the Haralabob stem guy like voice, but they are posters. Hollinger, yeah. every time he posts, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, oh no, he defended the word Afghanistan again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also just clear he like grew up like um like reading um what's the the Timberwolves Zach Harper it seems like he just like literally just read Zach Harper's tweets and like is trying to do like even epic young guy stuff yeah Yeah. even even worse versions of that I I don't love in the first place I gotta be honest yeah uh yeah yeah he he had a he had a tweet where he called he referred to someone's contract Mm -hmm. being thrown into a trade as slop and I was like, you're not using the term right, dude. It's not slop. You can't say that. You like, can't say that. Slop, slop is the news. It's not the contract. It's God damn it, John. Oh, fuck <laughs> up, John. Yeah. This is worse than when you defended the Afghanistan <laughs> war. <laughs> Parody. <laughs> I think more, more guys got to get out there tweeting about politics yeah yeah yeah, for sure nate's nate's corner hating the ccp is like that like that that's a genuine wrinkle i love nate for that like i want more adds character you know yeah i want more i want more stuff like that like i need like um tim mcmahon to just like come out and say like that the slovenian dog needs to be We're not getting into the Balkans again. Jesus okay. Christ, Sam. I'm just saying, Tim McMahon is Albanian. He's, he's, he's an Albanian sympathizer. He loves Dua Lipa. Let's just <laughs> let's look into this. A good, a good way to, to really gauge an NBA guy's politics is ask them, where is Dwight Howard currently playing? In what country <laughs> is he currently playing? <laughs> <laughs> What do they recognize is my question here, okay? Well, of course, the glorious empire of Chiang Kai-shek. This is not not up for debate. God damn it. All right, right, we're moving on. Let's go. All right. Already, wow. Okay, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 2C. Jamal Murray, Paul George, James Harden, Damian Lillard, and that is, uh, oh no, I skipped to Damian Lillard. So it's just James Harden, Paul George, Jamal Murray, Shea Gilgis Alexander. How is Shea's Shea's too low? Shea's too low. How is Shea at two C? It's not. He's one of the ten best. Would you, look, Harden was an all star. NBA. I'm sorry. Like yeah. Now, like right now, there's no way Shea Gilgis Alexander and James Harden should be in the same tier. No. no. There's no way. I and I and, and historically give Harden his flowers. One of the yeah, 30, well, 40 and, best players of I all mean, time. Like, look, to be fair, we just got done talking about how like Laurie's like Mickey Mouse. Like he just had sure. like one good season. And uh, you could probably fairly apply some of that to Shea. No, you can't. Because look at his numbers before he got hurt in 2021. He was putting up the same numbers that he did this past year. He was just wasn't healthy. That's where I was. He's going had almost that. three straight yeah. years like yeah. of yeah. of all star level production and he had all NBA right. level production this past season. Right. Right. 
So like yeah. and undeniably all NBA, not like James Harden, like questionably like borderline. Like or even like Jamal Murray, who like look, he had the championship run and he talked Seth did talk about this a little bit. I read about it and he talked about like he doesn't try to read into small samples, but with Jamal Murray, it's the same thing we talked about in the last episode where at a certain point you just have to go, is the playoff stuff real? Because he's 50, 40, 90 in his career in the playoffs, mm-hmm. which is like, that's a very short list of guys. Yeah. I don't even know any, I can't even think of any off the top of my head who are 50, 40, 90 in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. if that is the case, Jamal being this high makes sense. I mean, he was the second best player in a championship and this is 2C. This is about the lowest you can get for second option. But also yeah. the fact that he's made no all-star teams and no all-NBA is something to kind of debate within, you know, your own head at least. Um, right. But she, I mean, she, I would rather have Shea than anyone here by yeah. a fairly wide margin. Uh, maybe you could say Jamal because the second option stuff, but I think if Shea were a second option, he would still be a fucking beast. Um, okay. Uh, Damian Lillard, this is 2B, Damian Lillard, John Morant, Anthony Davis. Those are the three. Yeah, I, I think those guys are all pretty comparable. Maybe Anthony Davis, oh, but with the injury stuff, I don't know. I feel like they're all, I, I personally think John Morant is too high, but I'm also like a John, a noted John Morant hater. So Shea like, Gilders Alexander is better than John Morant. He's better than all of these guys. Yeah. All three of these guys. Are you sure, sure, I think sure. if healthy, Anthony Davis yeah. is the only one that I would consider taking over Shea. Yeah. Or at least in the same tier. And that and that's like an inextricable thing to... But if we dock Zion for never... Anthony yeah. Davis plays w- way more than Zion, to be fair. He does. He does. Yeah. But it's also like, you You're know... Factoring that in. It's like one third of games versus like... Uh, five eighths of games, you know, like so. Which you know, which are yeah. Which Zion really doesn't play a lot, which is the the tough part with him. But uh, but yeah, I would have Shea at a minimum in two B, yeah, not two A. I agree. I agree with that. All right. Um. Dev. All right. Two A. Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James. Um. I always say Jason Tatum and Devin Booker are on their own little tier. Um, cause I think all of these guys are older and have their own questions. I think with Jimmy's like playoff before and Kawhi for that matters, playoff performances, um, there's availability questions with those top three guys. You know, they're all obviously way more proven, um, Kawhi and LeBron, especially, especially LeBron, you know, these, these two, the top two have been, um, the best players on a, uh, championship team and the next three have been the best three uh best player on a finals team that lost you know so i think that's relatively like just by considering those standards i think that's relatively fair i think jimmy is gonna i think this is gonna be jimmy's last year in this tier probably Kawhi's too and probably lebron's too like i think all of those guys are going backward and i think jason tatum and devin booker are kind of in their own little tier here, but I, I think that's pretty fair. I don't even, uh, it's hard for me to say because the Kawhi Leonard availability thing is always, yes, I would have him in the first tier, like probably one B right. if he were healthy, but he never is. And he at least played more games this past year. That makes me think that maybe he'll some somewhat be able to play more. Like I think he barely played less games than Jimmy Butler <laughs> who mm-hmm. is on here, but Jimmy was also available for most of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
LeBron, I don't think I would have LeBron here. Maybe I'm just going to eat all my words and LeBron wasn't healthy at the end of the year because he did have an injury and wasn't healthy in the end of the year in the playoffs. But like, look, man, if he has a, a, a an undeniable All-NBA season, he'll, he will have owned me. But I just think if we're looking forward, I would move him down to 2B or even 2C. Like, yeah. I, I think I, I'd I'd take – only only because of Kawhi with the injury questions, okay, I'm not – whatever. I would rather have Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, or Devin Booker over LeBron James, and they're in the same tier as him. Mm-hmm. I would move them – I would move those guys – I would keep those guys in 2A, maybe even consider moving them to 1B. Yeah. And yeah. I would have LeBron and probably Kawhi because of the availability lower. I I think that's totally fine too. Despite being amazing all-time players. Yeah. All right, let's move up. This is the end of the list. Joel Embiid, 1B. Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant. That's the end of 1B. I think you move Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid down. So you move them to 2A? Yeah. Right now? Right now. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, Kevin Durant, I'm not even thinking twice about it, to be honest. I think I probably would just put him in 2A. Yeah. Uh, Joel, the playoff stuff is just like, even if the, even if injuries are a factor, Yeah. even if I, he's a top three, four player in the in the regular season. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I realized it's contrarian of me after I said he was clearly the MVP last year, but like, I just don't think he's going to have that same year this year. But like, you I don't know. I think it's. I guess with Luca, like they missed the playoffs. <laughs> like, like I know it wasn't his fault, and I said they went five hundred with him when he played, and it was not his fault. Let me make that clear. And if we are yeah. moving forward, I'm higher on the Mavericks going into next season. Having said that, none of these guys have ever missed the playoffs when healthy. No, and honestly, not even close. I mean, but all, there, there's also something to the fact that like the the they wanted to miss the playoffs. At the end of the year, yes, but they were not going to qualify no matter what. I uh, no, I'm po- I'm almost positive they would not have qualified. They sucked, Luka, Luka, dude. Luka Doncic in a fucking play-in game. No, like, I'm saying they wouldn't have made the play-in if they played their guys healthy. Look at go look at the end of that season, dude. They were not good. I they mean, were, that, dude. I, they were losing that, the Luca minutes. <laughs> that's my that's my Luca. I mean, that's my Luca thing. It's just like this is like an all-time like. It, this is like an, a sneaky all-time bad. It was a disaster season. Yeah, yeah. But my point here is that Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid, especially when they were younger and if they were healthy and available, set the floor and you were at least making the playoffs. Even if the league was a uh, little weaker. But I'm just saying, but also like Joel Embiid has never, he has always had at least one good player next to him. Sure. Like even, even like, even with Ben Simmons, like losing his mind, he was still Ben Simmons for a little bit. He still yeah. had JJ, you know, he still had like Durant always had someone. Sure. Yeah. JJ Reddit. You know what I'm saying? Like I, this is, it's not like really apples to oranges. Uh, Jokic almost missed the playoffs last year, but he made the playoffs with no one <laughs> and he was the six seed. But, but, uh, I, but like, like that's barely, what separates it. Well, he's also in the tier up. He's in tier one. A. But this is what I'm saying. Like, like, we know that's like this is that would be like a patently like ridiculous argument to make because you could say Joel Embiid and Kevin Durant have never been a six seed. Like when well, when Joel had- has been a six seed, I believe once. I think we, were you guys the three seed that year? Yeah, we were the six seed. 
that was like the disaster year for the Sixers when they had Horford and Tobias and Josh Richardson and all that. That year, they still were on pace to win 50 games. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, I think that, look, I'm not saying that jo that Luka doesn't deserve to be in the first tier, but I'm mm -hmm. saying that, like, Joel Embiid is going to get you 50 wins if he's healthy. Like, and honestly, play his the year that Ben Simmons sat out, his second best player was second year Tyrese Maxey, who had not really become the player that he is now. And Seth Curry, like that team was not good. Tobias, like that team was comparable to this this Mavs team this past year, and the Sixers still won 50 games, I believe. And they were like the four seed. How old is Luka right now? Luka's 24. So Luka... In his age, twenty-three season went to. He's the amazing. Finals. He's like, amazing. Like, I, I'm just. Like, if you're building I, a championship yeah. team, I agree yeah. he should be in the first tier. But if we're yeah. dropping Joel Embiid to the next tier, there has yeah. to be some sort of regular season floor argument here for me. And like I, honestly, Luca's on-offs in the regular season, which might be part of the fact is he just doesn't give a shit, and he is a dominant, amazing playoff performer that will definitely win an MVP and a title at some point in his career. And and Joel might not. That's a hundred percent true. Having said all that, like, I just think that if you are stacking them up against each other, Joel's like a plus nine per 100 when he's on the court. And Lucas teams are actually usually better with him off the court in the regular season. In the playoffs, he's a monster. I guess that just that's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't care about the regular season. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it like, has to matter if you're missing the playoffs, though. <laughs> like, that's Wait, the thing. Like, it doesn't what, what, matter. What would we say about Jimmy Butler last year? If I would have said a lot of things that people would be mad at, but uh, yeah. the narrative would be different, certainly. Yeah, this is. I guess that's that's my point here. Is it's just like you know, like I, I just think this is like this is like missing the forest for the trees. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I don't care that strongly about it. I'm just saying, like in my mind's eye, I, I think Joel Embiid and Luka Doncic, if they play in the playoffs, I know which one I want. You know? Totally fair. Yeah, I think so, that is fair, but I also think yeah. that the floor thing has to come into account. Yeah, and okay. and Lucas teams just aren't ever really that dominant in the regular season. Now he could be moving forward, and I think they will be much better next year. To be completely clear, so so I mean, if if but if if we're gonna use that metric though, so we go back we go back a tier though. Like where does like Jason Tatum and like yeah, he's I mean, never missed the playoffs, and he's made the conference finals. You know, six times, three times, times yeah, four, yeah, times. yeah, yeah, <laughs> three or four times. You know, he's made the yeah. finals. You know, like I, and the regular season, I think they've. they've he's always had really long. good teams, but at the same yeah. time, he's a big part of why they're really good too. <laughs> like his like, on-offs are good. Like his his nightmare season was also a six seed. You know what I'm saying? Seven so, seed. Yeah. Or was it? A seven? I guess. It yeah, was. you guys were in the plan. That's right. Yeah. When Jalen got hurt and yeah. right, but but then and that team year, wasn't very good either. To be honest, yeah. that was his worst team by far. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were trading for like Evan Fournier at the trade deadline. It was tough. Yeah. Um, but like you know, like every other team, like I think the Celtics were they've been a th a top three seed. I think every other year mm -hmm. of Jason Tatum's career. So, I mean, I would make the argument you could put Tatum in one B. Yeah, I would. I would make the argument that I would swap out Kevin Durant for mm -hmm. Jason Tatum or Devin Booker. And, and I, yeah, you know, I, I think that's fair. I, I also, you know, Kevin Durant's like more. It, it gets hard. That's a his, you're giving yeah. Durant past performance credit here, and he was yeah. amazing for the Nets 
the but also like this whole list has taken injury and age into consideration and it is not for Kevin true. Durant. Yeah. Well, maybe we got to talk about Steph Curry in this 1A tier then. All right. So 1A is Nikola Jokic, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't have a problem with this, to be honest. Right now. I said it last time when we drafted in the best player draft. I would take Steph 3. And I would have had Tatum or Booker 4 or 5 or whatever. Or right. Luca, I'm sorry. I'll do respect to Steph. I think he's a he's the second best NBA. He's had the second best NBA career of guys on this list. I'll do respect to Kevin Durant, but like it's LeBron yeah. and then Steph. Uh right now, I I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if Steph Curry like Steph Curry is great. He's excellent. He's a huge playoff floor raiser. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't know if he's d- deserves to be here with Giannis. And- so where where Seth argued here was mm-hmm. kind of the same thing I argued on the podcast last week, okay. which was there are only three surefire guys on this list that are near the peak of their powers that are guaranteed they have won a title as undeniably the best player mm-hmm. all within the last two to three years. Yeah. And that that's those are these three. Now, you could make the argument that maybe Giannis or Jokic should be in their own tier yeah. as 1A and then everyone else changes or like 1AA as we do S plus tier in the tier ranking. Yes, yes. But we know that Steph within the last, like I said, 15 months was the best player on a championship team and was a large part of why they won the title, was the main reason they won the title a year ago. And... I don't think that he dropped off that much. I thought the team sucked. I thought that he didn't have his normal performances that we're used to in the playoffs outside of that one fifty point game he had in game seven in the first round. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that that team had a lot of, it was their quote unquote nightmare season for when mm-hmm. everyone is healthy. Uh, Wiggins was in and out of the lineup. Pool thing was a disaster. I think the Warriors are going to be really good next year. And I think that Steph is going to be up there again for, you know, we'll have a conversation at some point in the season. He'll be in the MVP conversation. And we know that when you get to the playoffs, if we want to say the same thing about Luka Doncic, you got to say the same thing about Steph Curry to me. Uh, when you get to the playoffs. I think they'll be pretty much exactly the same as they were last year. Even uh, if they are, no one wants to play them in the playoffs. And that's, that's the argument we'll make for Luka. Like it's like yeah, Luca every year yeah. they go. Yeah. They go for They're the four. I think the highest seed the Mavericks have ever been is four. They're like four to seven usually. And when, but even so no one wants to play Luca and no one wants to play Steph. Yeah. No, that's now true. Giannis and Jokic. The argument that they have is the same thing that Embiid has, but they also have some more playoff accolades is that if they are your best player, you're winning and they're somewhat healthy that you're winning 50 games. But mm-hmm. then also when you get to the highest levels, like Jokic is, proven and Giannis has proven in the finals they can fucking ball out and get to the conference finals like Embiid hasn't so like you could make the argument that those two should be in their own little thing because they're in the middle of their primes I'm still fine with putting Steph 1A but I think you could make the argument for 1B but I'd probably have to then create a 1C for guys like Luca and and whoever's a little bit further down so that's how I look at it I I just maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm too Luca pilled but I, I just I, I think Luca. I, I think Luca 
was closer to this. I just what he's done with like one of the most dog shit teams I've ever laid eyes on is just so fucking impressive to me. Like Steph at least has like guys who go like Kavon Looney's like a good player. Like Clay, while not at the height of his powers, is like okay. And Draymond Green is still really good, you know. Like and he had like pre breakout Jalen Brunson and like what Spencer Dinwiddie like. I mean, look, I'm not saying that Lucas teams have been loaded, but also when you play Lucas style of basketball, you're playing Luca ball. You're locked into Luca ball. And in the playoffs, it can be amazing. It can be, and in games, game to game, it can be unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But Steph Curry gives you the flexibility in a way that Luca doesn't. Steph can play with stars. He can play without stars. He can play, he can lift up role players. He can, it's like, to me, they're just different classes right now. But in the future, in the, in three years from now, sure, Luke is going to be a better player. But for right now, like, Steph still has the argument that he's just better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that's I can't fair. believe we uh, got two hours in August again. I really thought we were going to do an hour and a half this episode. I mean, we we did we did spend a good uh, fifteen to twenty minutes uh, talking Jack Antonoff uh, <laughs> theories, but you know, it's but true. it's also two oh seven. You know, we we still would have yeah. been close even without that. Yeah. So it's unbelievable. Yeah, where this right. why we're the goats. That's why we're the goats of this shit. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna start talking my shit online. To other <laughs> podcasters. I'm just gonna start like like start check, like check the numbers, bitch. Yeah, I was gonna say I, maybe I won't go straight for Chapo, but maybe I'll just start like some red scare beef or something <laughs> like that. Start 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 asking Dasha which of us is more pale. Yeah. We have a have a have a skin off, me and her. Yeah, then we look at all of their Patreons and we're like, all right, we got quite a way to go, you know. <laughs> we're almost we're, at five hundred though. Oh, we're, we're we're grinding, man. We're grinding. We're, we're, we're we're in the G League right now. We're getting, yeah. we're making our ways up to the pros. Yeah, I, I I think we're like kind of you know we're in the farm system for sure. We're fringe. Yeah, we're fringe. Yeah, like this, we're, we're very uh, we're like I think of us as like a Trey Murphy. You know, like yeah, exactly. We could pop at any time. Yeah, just at need, any time. We need the right situation. You know. Yeah, we need to um, not have a uh, a season-ending injury though, which is uh, me saying something on an episode that uh, <laughs> is not not actually behind the Patreon wall. Yeah, so like I did, uh, like I did earlier in this episode. So listen, <laughs> keen-eared fans can look for that one. <laughs> listen, underdog, I know that you're busy signing Mason Cameron <laughs> to multi-million-dollar contracts and having Steph Curry on your Gilbert Arena show, but. You know, mm-hmm. we can we can make it up to the big leagues. You know, not just a partnership. Yeah, just give us like uh, I don't know, give it like I'm telling you, if, I'll if take you a quarter get, of a billion. <laughs> you you put us, you get Christoph Porzingis in an interview with me. Like I guarantee, I guarantee you, people are going to be tuning in. Yeah, it's going to be an international incident. It will make news. Let me just make that clear. <laughs>